You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It should be on that one. Boom. All right. So I am technically live. I'm live on the Twitch. I've got the Twitch live feed up. Um, we've got Discord. I've got Discord going on in the background. So if um, I'm... Um, if you... Um, uh, let me chat in the Discord here right now. Um, um, uh, I will allow like um, rotation of people if people want to come in. If someone wants to jump in and continue to talk with me, I prefer saying things and have people bounce off ideas off me. I'm better that way. Um, I'm not too good on you know basically. Um, you know, doing uh, being solo. Um, as you can see behind me, I'm in my house and I'm at the wall studio, right? Isn't it cool? Um, I got my tree and my pirate flag at the back. Um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of other things to do. Um, I'm not going to do the like the regular open because this is a like low key wall episode for me because I've got so much stuff on my chest that I want to get off that I can't wait until the new year to 2018. Uh, so, um, here we go. Uh, I'm deciding, I'm going to load it into the, uh, into the Facebook group. I'm going to send a share, share the link right now. Yeah, low-key wall. Um, do, you know, I'm just going to call it low-key wall. You know, like, I need a vent. I need to get things off my chest. Uh, because not everything is, um, how can I put it? I can't wait. I can't wait. I gotta talk. I, and and I like was horrible through Christmas, uh, you know, because I had all these different things I wanted to talk about, and no one wanted to. I get into the, um, the minutiae. And I've got someone jumping into the uh, um, the Twitch room um, here on the Discord. What's up, Reinhold? I can hear you. I can hear you. Hmm. It's like. I don't know if your audio is coming through. It should be coming through. Looks like it should be. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Definitely, definitely sure it is. Let me go make sure. <laughs> I don't want you to be, like be on here. Oh, there we go. The streaming microphone that was off. Okay, I want to make sure everything is working. So just in case, it. Uh, Everything does work for you, and we don't have to worry about you being all. All right, cool, cool. All right, your audio should be coming through. Hopefully, it is. 
Hopefully it is. It does look like it is. I'll get the level like it is. Oh, I don't have to restart anything. So, uh, yeah, I decided to do this, like, this low-key episode of Wall. I was going to do one last week, but OBS kept crashing on me. And I can't wait till next Tuesday to get things off my chest. So that's why I'm here. And uh, thank you for Randall for joining me. Uh-oh, I broke something. Whatever major levels come through this, I think I just somehow broke listening to you. Hold on, hold on. Something I broke. I broke something. I broke something. All right, Rhino. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I broke something. <laughs> <laughs> I got it to come through. I was like, ah, cool, I did it. And I must have, yeah, whatever. Settings were so amped up. You, you're not able to concentrate. I get it. What is going on that's causing you so much that you got to get that off your chest? I got a lot. Uh, one thing is I went to Kroger um, the other night because it's so freaking cold here in Indiana right now. And I picked up some, uh, some Tim Tams. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Tim Tam Slam. Tim Tams, yep. Yeah, they had them, like, a whole stack of them was on clearance for, like, a dollar. So I was like, oh, snap, I got some Tim Tams. So I've been Tim Tams landing coffee all day, so. The heck was that? Oh, we got a follow. We got a new follow. Oh, sweet. Sweet, thank you, thank you, thank you for the follow. Uh, my face was in the way, um, so I didn't see that. So, uh, <laughs> I can't apologize. See who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to move it at the last. Like, woo, we got a follower. Thank you. Who um, I don't know who that was, but welcome to uh, Wheeler Turns here on Twitch. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple things. I've been adding things to the Trello board. Uh, the Trello board is basically a uh, project management tool that I've convinced Dear Leader to use to help manage different things, ideas. Uh, just more of expanding on the, a lot of the different tools that we use here at Wall. And so I've I put things on there. Some things I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm gonna keep this for like the real show of uh, the big show. The other things are like, nope, can't wait. This is has. To, uh, I need to scream about this now, or I'm gonna. Oh, it's we uh boost salmon is now following us. Okay, so thank you, we boost salmon. Thanks right. for the follow. Thanks for the follow. Yeah. All right. So the topics I wanted to go through is this whole the FISA bill being renewed, uh, going to be going through, uh, the weirdness of the UFO in the New York Times. Okay. People talking again about another another Edward Snowden app or product. Like I said, another one. If you've been following Edward Snowden, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Thorium being talked about and the, and, and the Mike Pence rule being more and more talked about getting moved on because of the backlash of the Me Too movement. Oh jeez! Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you think it was done, get your contracts out if you're going to date today. I'm oh. glad I don't have to worry about it anymore. I am. I'm glad too. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, oof, man. I I have no idea. Got into the wire. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, uh, you'd have to go. Have to have your contract. It's like, wow. I used to crap on Ethereum and their smart contracts, but not now. That's a <laughs> most need, you know, some some sort of blockchain contract just to have any intimacy or just rom- or romance. Well, I mean, when I was growing up, I I was one of the few who would never, you know, have relations with a woman if she was drunk because I just was like, I don't want the drama of her being upset about that, you know, made a mistake, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But it's to the point now where it, it, it that's not even. It, it's hard. To, it's hard to even think about all the things you have to go through to deal with in order to date these days, without, without getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, yeah. When it, you go from that, like I will not have sex with a drunk, but that's 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 like great. That's a great line to have, right? And the way they have blurred it so much that they say that it is 
like rape or sexual assault when you know it, it's I, I've, I've read an article talking about how some women were like well it was easier just to go along with it and say yes not to be rude it was just easier I got I got I got <laughs> but it. that doesn't that's drunk has nothing to do with that that's just a woman's you know that's her mindset and her thought process and she that's her decision she has to make correct you know yeah and as and as good as most men think they are or most humans think they are we uh, most humans cannot read minds so the only thing we can go on is what uh, is don't tell what, women uh, that yeah is body language <laughs> and verbal communication so if someone is giving you the body language that they don't want to proceed on with whatever romantic encounter or, or or any type of encounter, or they're giving you the language of that, those are the only ways that we can really interact up until the point that we can finally start reading minds back and forth from each other, which, you know, who knows, maybe. And nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that. Wants, no. Not really wants and, that, no. Unless you're like the deepest status in the world and you want that so you can make sure everyone stays in line. Yeah, if you want like cameras set up in your house so that the police can watch and make sure you're not burgled or anything like that, you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, those types of people. Yeah, those those freaking types of people. But they could do that. They don't need to make everybody else do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So the article. Uh, so um, that that got me about this was the is a Me Too article. Now, like, I'm gonna bring this um, website up. Um, like I said, we uh, we are libertarians. We go through different places, get different articles. Uh, just because I'm using this site doesn't mean I support everything that's going <laughs> on on this site, um, or that oh, I'm geez. also, yeah, people, that. or even that I'm against it. I I hate trying to do the disclaimer, but you know it is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it is. Uh, I'm doing a. Uh, it's from a voice for men. Um, it's dear me too. I like to introduce you to the hashtag Mike Pence rules. <laughs> uh, it's uh, written written about Paul Elam. Um, he's one of the guy who runs Voice for Men. It's like author's note: Merry Christmas and happy to a lot of you, including my heathen, non-believing brethren out there. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the calamity now popular, uh, popular known as hashtag Me Too. Now, I did a talk on the current sexual assault and sexual harassment hysteria back in November, when all the attention was over Harvey Weinstein. Uh, back then, he did a talk about like how all this was, stuff was coming out. Uh, I did that in anticipation for all this high-profit liberal asshats and conservatives who go right under the bus as the femi- um, Fema frenzy went into overdrive. Some people felt that it was talk, but a little less heartless. And you know what? They're right. I'm gonna have a grown little heartless. Uh, have grown a little heartless about the self-inflicted blue pill misery of pompous blowhards who never gave a rat's ass what was happening to their fellow man as long as they were fat with cash and living in the dream state of being above it all. All right. So blue pill has to deal with the whole like blue pill, red pill, like a matrix analogy. Like if you red pill, you're woke. You stay. You know, you're more woke. Or blue pill, you're not woke and you're dealing with the whole feminazi phrase, but what they were talking about is this, is that most of the, a lot of liberal men were totally fine when me, hashtag me too was going after rich uh, um, like rich power, powerful exec- executive or going after Bill O'Reilly and like conservatives when stuff like that was going after that and now they're watching it come around and start hitting a lot of different of like the liberal liberal community they hit, um, Zink Uger got hit with Justice Democrats which that organization I am not fond of uh, but it is what it is that's what happened and it's uh, let's see, back on that, I'll try to get back on more of one. Jank, Jank uh, what happened with Jank, Jank wrote something about 18 years ago on a blog post, and that blog post, and he deleted the blog post, and it was 18 years ago, and he came out, and someone found it, put it out there, 
in this type of Me Too climate, they use that to get him pushed out of the organization, Justice Democrat, the organization that he helped start, get moving to help change the Democratic Party, and they use that to push him out. But and the only thing he said was basically the ramblings of a of a young horny male being just like raw and real and little on PC, you know, on the internet. Which eighteen years ago, I'm sure a lot of us probably have like blog posts just like that, just sitting in the mist somewhere. Yep, yeah, we all do. Yeah, which is cr- which is crazy because it's like it, it the, the fact that it was close to two decades ago, it's no defense for him, which was nuts. So it's slowly weakening down any defense or any ability for like men to have to have any defense to like the whole Me Too thing. And I'm I'm 50 years old, so I mean I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was stupid. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people in their 20s now are going, hey, I know a lot. I'm, I'm, it, it, you're not. You're stupid. You're, you're going to look back on your days now and you go, man, I was so, so stupid. I made stupid decisions. I made stupid choices. And I, I look back on my 30s and my 40s the same way. And I, I know when I'm 60, mm-hmm. I'm going to look back on the 50s and go, God, man, what was I thinking? Because we grow. We learn. So going back on something that somebody said 20 years ago, and attributing to him now without giving him the chance to say, hey, I was stupid, it was wrong, I've learned from, you know, I've learned since then, and giving him that ability to grow and show that he's grown mm-hmm. seems kind of, uh, like, somebody was just out for him, right? I mean, that's all that was. Yeah, yeah, that's all that showed. Like, someone was out to get him, um, a lot of outlets were thinking, like, let's well, some conservatives, but the way the SJW backlash, because that was one thing that the um, Justice Democrat was trying to do, was get a lot of that Social justice warrior crap out of the Demo- uh, out of the Justice Democrats, so that wasn't there. The identity politics crap, but to watch them do an about face and go right into identity politics, to me it seems more of the yes, a lot of those people, those of that ilk or people who want that p- type of power, jumped in there and used that to take him down. Or it could have been a conservative. I, the only people like a lot, of, a lot of shows I've been looking listening to about it have been um, conservative. Like it's a conservative that did that. I'm like. Why would a conservative go after Jenk Uger for the Justice Democrat? What do they have to fear from a brand new organization? Nothing. The GOP has nothing to fear from it. It has nothing. You know, and if they were going to do something, it would be more practical to launch that in the middle of an election and then wait while they're building up. It's dumb because they're just going to recuperate from it. So it has to be, to me, it looked like a power play inside that organization that someone wanted power and wanted Jenk out of the way. And that's what's going on with Hillary, too. They're, people don't want her running again, so they're trying everything they can to get her to, to not be able to run. So all the attacks you're seeing against her now are the same. It's all power plays within the party, and you're seeing that with this. I mean, that, this is all this is. Nobody on the right is caring about that. Yeah, yeah no one cares. Nobody, yeah. No one cares about the identity policies. It's all, they're, they're eating themselves with mm-hmm. this stuff. I had an argument with somebody today on Twitter, and he comes back and says, well, I can't believe a white male is going to complain about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, excuse me a minute, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Just like any other human being. Why are you attributing anything to me based off my race? Are you just as bad as Richard Specter, who you just slammed five minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. It's like an Ouroboros. They're eating themselves. Mm-hmm. They're just going back over themselves. Eating. They've always done that. The, the left have always done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's a, well, the right well, has to. The right does it, too. The right does it, too. Well, libertarians do it, too. 
<laughs> well, like, yeah, the, the libertarian infighting, um, but uh, oh, it's, it's libertarian yeah, infighting, yeah. what happens, it's it's like a backlash of, like, the echo chambers that happens inside there. They just kind of go after it, and it happens more, it, to me, it looks like it happens more in libertarian circles. I don't know, because it's because the circles are so small. You're in libertarian, well, you're yeah. in a libertarian circle. That's yeah. why you see it more. That's yeah, probably too, yeah. 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 And you only know, get to see the big ones that keep churning up. You remember back in, I mean, it used to be with the Liberty, I remember with the uh, Democratic Party, this is, and this is in the 80s, 90s, and you would have arguments between animal rights activists and uh, the eco guys because, you know, their their agendas clashed. So then they would go after each other, and in, it was all infighting in the party because of this. So when the agenda, when specific agendas in a, in a big tent party clash, you're going to have infighting. And that's what the parties are. They're big, just like the Libertarian Party is a big tent, the Republicans a big tent. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, they can't be that narrowly defined, or you're you're going to have a party of twenty thousand people. You're not going to have a very large party. So you have to do that. You have to learn to get along within the party. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much, or just like a. But it also does happen that way when when it just like when people ideologies just like start fighting and they just and they can't. Like with the SJW movement, it's just more of a, you can't win with them. You've given them an nope, inch; they win. take a they take a freaking you mile. Cannot win. You cannot win with those guys because they are all or nothing. You think like me or you don't, and their thought process is generally um, anti anything but them, or anti anti anything that's um, uh, establishment of any kind. It's it's almost like the anti establishment movements. In the past, have been they've kind of found their way into this this, this type of world, in a way. It's really kind of weird because it used to be that young people would vote bell against their parents, and then mm-hmm. their, their kids are rebel against them. And it's like these guys have almost nothing left to rebel against, so now they're just going after any little slight, any little thing they can find as a wedge issue. They're inventing things now, and that's the problem: is they're inventing things to be upset about, and it's it's so frustrating because there are people in other countries who are like just. I would, we would love to have the type of environment you have where you can eat and have a job and and live your life. What is wrong? <laughs> why are you Why are you guys <laughs> yeah. eating yourself about this stuff? You should be happy, mm-hmm. and they're not happy. They're not happy with themselves, so they're not because they're not happy with themselves. They're they're leashing that unhappiness out onto everybody else to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like racism. When most racists are racist because they're unhappy with themselves. So they look at anything different and try to find fault with it in order to make themselves feel better. And it's the same mentality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, going back to this Me Too thing, I was I grew up in the 70s. Free love, uh, hippies, this, this whole thing about people being okay with uh, being with each other does not have to be such a big, big hang-up about it. And it's come completely around to the other way of thinking now where – women were empowered with the thought that they had control over whether they could have sex or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my choice. If I choose to have it, it's my, it's on me. Nobody else can say or do or make me do anything I don't want to do. And now it's to where they're victims. Why do you want to make yourself a victim? Why, how can you be uh, in, a, in an empowerment movement and claim victimhood at the same time? You can't. Yep. It's not going to work that way. When when I started talking about making it illegal, it's illegal in in in, in England now to make cat calls. 
Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife, my wife is like, it's crazy. Cause I used to do that all the time to men. Mm. It was empowering that it gave me the ability to say, Hey, I like you. I think you're sexy. I think <laughs> you're hot. I'm going to tell you that. And it was supposed to be a good thing to be able to tell somebody that. And now you, now you can't do it. It's against the law to go to come with guns and put you in jail for that. It's crazy. 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 And then, and then women are going around going, where are all the strong men at? Where are all the men that could be, you know, macho men that we can be attracted to? You're, you're eliminating that. And mm-hmm. the man show got a whole big start on that whole process of thinking that, you know, the, they call it the pussification of America. Yep. You know, and that's what they were fighting against back in, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's coming back again. It's doing, we're doing that same thing every couple, every decade or two. We got to come back and have this stupid argument. It's crazy that, yeah, you brought up the band show and it's like, it's, I remember growing up watching that show and like, yeah, this was awesome. And it's something like that definitely couldn't happen, especially on TV. You could probably get away with it on the internet. But even, it, it uh, couldn't happen then. It couldn't, it, it couldn't happen then. And he did it. And cause, cause they had a, uh, uh, the Comedy Central said, screw it. We're going to do it. We're going to, cause why not? You know, and that's how you need people to say, hey, we're going to do this. And that's how it happens. And I think it still happens on the internet. They're just going to get tons of crap for it. But, don't think that they didn't get tons of crap for that for the man show. They did. They got a ton of it. Mm. So like, I, it's like I remember. Just, see, I remember watching the show. Not too much like into it. It was more of like, okay, that's the show, and then I would just move on. You know, it was like one of the few things mm-hmm. we'd watch on TV back then. Of course, I had a steel cable back then, but you know, that's here. <laughs> well, the back the the very first man show episode came out, and that was their their first opening pitch was that we're here to fight against the pacification of America. Right, and it was it was it was Adam, you know, really pushing that. It wasn't Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy was along for the ride. Jimmy was a great sidekick kind of character. Yeah, uh, he was on Ben Stein, Win Ben Stein's Money, which was a great show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that show. But Jimmy made that show because he was funny, and he helped Adam be funny on the Man Show. Mm-hmm. And now you see him on late night TV crying about every little thing and it's like oh my god what happened to you <laughs> I remember when you were you know and so they're, they're trying to hit him with old man show clips it's hilarious to watch but oh, yeah. it's it's the same infight it's the same thing too they're attacking him for being hip, hypocrites and that's what it is, is so much hypocrisy Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people on the left have lived like this because of the free love movement because of the they grew up as the you know, that hippie type of generation of free love. So they've got so much stuff in the background and in the right was always more of the, you know, social conservatives. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. The Mike Pence rule, of course, is, is what we're talking about. And so the conservatives have always been more of that mindset. The left has always been much more free and open about sexuality. Right. That there, that there's so much data to mine back. If you wanted to go after anybody, there's something there. On the left, yeah, and, and they need to be careful because they're going to all get hit from it if they don't watch it. Correct, yeah. The first, like, if they don't, like, if the Me Too clash keeps that trail up going into 2018, it's going to, you're going to watch heads roll and just keep happening, and they're going to keep their organization in such like a free fall. With any luck, we'll get rid of the Democratic Party, and the Libertarian Party can take over. Well, we try. We've tried to. You know, we, I've seen this before. You just think it's going to happen, and it just they they end up coming out of the tailspin just enough mm-hmm. to keep themselves going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're smart enough to to not commit complete suicide from this. 
That's but it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> I tell you, I've said I've seen this before. I've seen it with the Republican Party doing its where it ate itself mm. and came back. And you think that one of them's going to go and it's going to be dead, and we're going to take over as libertarians? But that's not how it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to have to be a rise of people accepting the fact there are three mindsets in this country, and we need to have three parties for it. Because mm-hmm. until that happens. It's just going to be the two going after each other all the time. So you need people to say, hey, I don't agree with either one of you. I agree with the th- this third mindset of let everybody live their lives and quit dicking them over all the time yep. To, yep. to get together and say, hey, let's just agree to get together and quit squabbling about the stupidity of the infighting in this party and and be a legitimate place for the people with that mindset. If you look at the polls... A third of the people in this country have that mindset, you know, mm-hmm. whether they they realize it or state it or identify as libertarian. They have the mindset of people should be free to live their lives as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Oh yeah. And when I go out and talk to people and I say, "Hey, that's you, you will agree with that," and they're like, "Yeah, that's the way it should be." I'm like you're a libertarian. Mm-hmm. Oh no, because I don't like the, you know I don't I'm not an anarchist. You don't have to be an anarchist to be a libertarian. It's <laughs> not, not the same thing. You can be an anarchist and be a libertarian. That's fine, but that's not what it means. It's it's like saying, you know, you have to be this in the Republican Party. You have to be that in the Democratic. There's so many different types of thoughts in those two parties because it's Big Ten. This is the same thing in the Libertarian Party. And when the libertarians start to realize that and quit trying to push out people who are just slightly different than they are in their mm-hmm. thought. And agree on a common goal and say, I agree with you, eighty percent. Let's let's move forward and get that eighty percent in place and we can infight over we can fight over the other stuff when it matters. Mm-hmm. You know, until that happens, it's never gonna gain any power. Yeah. What's well, fun being an anarchist in any political party? Per, per, uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you that much. It's a lot it's a lot more fun. Uh, because you get to watch people bicker over a ring that you don't care about, but you're always but the only reason you'll stick your finger into into anything is because you view the um, I view the United States government as a big thug um, organization that you know lets me put requests in on how they how they act like a gang towards me, and I gladly put up a requ- uh, ask for different things. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I view it. It's it's just how well, it is to me. Well, and 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 the, and, the, and the thing, thing is, is that I don't want to push anyone into like having to live on an anarchy. If you're fine with the system of government that you have, that's fine too. You know, that's why I tell people, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, uh, I, I'll preach it if someone wants to hear it, but most people don't care, so I don't try to preach well, about it. In the, uh, the real difference when you talk to a lot of anarchists, they're like, I'm still going to be, I'm like, well, okay, so you're arguing about how the Decided upon and legislated and, and enforced, and because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference until we're at a point where we can say we're here. Let's have this argument. Why have the argument now? It's it's just. I think a lot of libertarians just want to argue about stuff. They just want to be against all the stuff that they see, and they just want to you know. And it's a funny thing because it's actually something that that uh, Gary Johnson said when he was talking to um, uh, Al Al Franken, right? Mm -hmm. So Al Franken was trying to get reelected, and he asked for support, and uh, and and Johnson said, "No, I'm not going to." Oh no, it was uh, it was actually no, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Gary Johnson. It was actually Penn. Penn Jillette, and he was talking to Gary Johnson about this. That's what it was. So Penn, Penn Jillette knew 
Al Franken from SNL. And so Franken said, hey, I'm running. Can you support me? And Franken says, I think you're a great guy, but I'll never be able to support you politically because I disagree with you because I'm a libertarian. And Franken sent back a a snippy little email that said, well, you know, that's great that you have a a political thought that's never going to be tested. Right. Wow. You know, your, your, your beliefs will never be tested in actual practice because no one will ever implement them. And I'm like, have you looked back at the 1970, the 1770s? Because that's libertarianism mm-hmm. at its core was what was being implemented with the Constitution and with the building of this country. Correct. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was tested, and we found that there were flaws because we didn't specify good enough the limits. You know, people tried reading things into the Constitution and says, "Oh no, it says we can do this." From day one, they started that. Mm-hmm. Hamilton was doing that from day one. They were trying to monkey with the Constitution and get things in that were clearly not designed to supposed to be there based off the the intent. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you have to do a better job of spelling out the limits. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't mean it wasn't tried, and doesn't mean it didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. It just meant that. You know, it, it was tested, and we have a great country because of it. We need to get it back to that so it can be a better country. Well, like a lot of times when libertarian values or ideas are tested into like a different spectrum, it's they're usually not one. It was before the term was even coined. Uh, mm-hmm. The other times it happens is they're also not right. given credit for it either when it does happen. Like exactly. a, a lot of the stuff, like the settlement of the Wild Wild West, a lot of that. You know, like, a lot of people think the Wild West is, like, they think a tombstone, and really wasn't like that. It was more libertarian was, utopia than most people want to give it credit. Well, it wasn't really wild, either. Yeah. If you look at the numbers and the, the well, amount of murders per capita and stuff like that, it was much better than what it is now. Yeah, and most of people it was People left private, themselves alone, for the most part. Right, most people left themselves alone, most people took took and took care of each other, and was just very restricted mm-hmm. on private property rights out there. Yeah, you know, you know, and long as you weren't hurting, it was anyone, very successful. Yeah, and as long as you weren't hurting anyone, everyone left you alone. And technically, they had private police force. People would pay for the free for their sheriff. People would donate money for the sheriff. There was actually a movie in the eighties called Cuffs, with Christian Slater, who it was about a private police force law being still on the books in San Francisco, and they still had private police forces in San Francisco. Oh, and he's he inherited one from his dad so he had to come in and, and make it right you know mm. it, that was the plot of the story basically but it was a pl- private police force it was an interesting see that even mentioned in a movie mm. let alone back in the in the late 80s early 90s I can't remember when it came out mm. um, but just the whole idea was like that's really weird I never thought about that as a possibility and why not why why are you talking about that sort of thing well that's just a see that's why we should but now, now you, have to, you have you have to say there were some problems with private police, private police forces in the Wild West too. Right, people would, yeah, people <laughs> they, had cor- they were corrupt. Yeah, people <laughs> did corruption. But this is just like more of like this shows you just like why things need to be tested and tested out and things move on. You know, that's that's all that is. You know, it's it, it just shows like, but when it comes down to it, like, and I'll try to get us back to the article and back on topic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I tend to I tend to stray. <laughs> Uh, no, it's okay. Um, it's, like I said, it's, lo- it's, it's technically not an official episode. This is official. This is official. We, I'm doing what I want. Spangle said do something. You should do something, so I'm doing something. Uh, Harry, uh, so we said Toe, Boater, uh, are us. Uh, let's see, who are the guests? It's myself, and I've got Ryan Holm from the Discord server. Did I, did I say that right? Toe, Boater, Toe, Boater, are, are us. Toe, Boater, Russ. 
Yeah, yeah. It's myself like that. Um, if there's more people in the Discord that wants to pop in and talk, I'm fine. As long as you're not going to sit there and troll and make sure we stay out of conversation, that's fine too. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, those. But like from the massive bodies, and, and I'm going to say this one time. I'm going to go back to the article. But massive bodies that communism has le- left behind, and the simple aspect that a lot of people will talk about. Uh, uh, the uh, like looking at uh, like because I debate a lot of race realists on uh, the internet. If it's I should stop. It's really pointless. Uh, but a lot of them always it's fun and it kills time. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It does kill time. A lot of people <laughs> point. A lot of these race realists point to uh, black IQ. It's the reason why Africa is the way it oh, is. Oh jeez. Oh my god. These people. Right. Yeah. And I goes like, all right. Even if that's the case, even if let's say I give you all that, I will give you all that information. That's like, and it won't attack that evidence. I won't. But what I want to add to it is that at the same breath, you told me that, right? And the same thing I look at that. That supposedly Asians and whites are of the highest IQ. But I can show you why the United States were having plentiful resources and having food and cars everywhere other side of the world, right? <laughs> in Russia, chi- China, Cambodia, it was the, almost the freaking dark ages and people were being buried and buried into the ground because of a failed ideology. And that ideal, that failed ideology, communism, socialism, that ilk, is also part inside and taking over lots of parts of Africa. So, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> They're failed economic pro- It's more of a failed economic problem. That's, that's mostly affected Africa. A lot of different places in Africa that do not have that failed economic policy or if it's actually a very nice place, you know. There's, uh, oh, and it's getting taken over by China too, right? China is bringing that, also bringing that, most of that mentality to the West Coast so of, of so, like, yeah, bringing back, bringing that stuff back. So, like, um, uh, like the people like Somalia, it's probably going to be a different place in twenty years. Okay, it's going to be probably very Chinese. Be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very Chinese, and um, you know, no longer the libertarian paradise of, of pirates. <laughs> <laughs> libertarian paradise in Somalia, please. I get that joke out. Yeah, believe such libertarian. Politics. That's not libertarian over there. No, it, no. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's all the same like Mad Max. It's like wow, that that you know, it was like Mad Max, libertarian utopia. It's like nope, there's too way too many net violations for that to be a libertarian utopia. What you know? Private property rights would solve Mad Max quickly. It'd be you know, it actually would be. Well, that. it was the whole it was the whole basis for the Enlightenment. You remember the Enlightenment age? That ended, unfortunately. All right. So the idea of the Enlightenment was people owned themselves. People were uh, autonomous. They didn't have to belong to a king or belong to a feudal lord or whatever. And people want to bring that back and have brought it back. It's why did you do this? We had it. Yeah. You know, I, we we were we were the reason why the French revolted mm-hmm. was because of that idea that we established and people bought into it. And now look at France. You know, it's like right. why did you give it up so easily? Well, you know, uh, France, Haiti. Um, I used to have the, like five countries memorized. I can't really can't think of them right now. But it was like well, five. Iceland, different- Iceland used to be a, a, incredibly libertarian, and then they gave it all up. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's just yeah. It's it is what it is, and it's and it just it shows you like there's just all these different layers of different other things that most people just don't want to look at or give like any um, credit to. Um, well, what's funny is you go back and read what Thomas Jefferson. I, I'm a big Thomas, <laughs> so um, what he wrote, and he wrote some great things, and he predicted so much of this stuff. 
It's like, unless people continue to fight for their rights, mm-hmm. they're going to lose them. They're going to be taken away from them because that's what people do. Right. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It, it's, oh, yeah. it, and who is it, who is it said, you know, when they asked, you know, what kind of a government do we have? And they said a republic, if you can keep it. Benjamin Franklin. Right. It was Benjamin Franklin said that. Yeah. So it's like that same, the same mentality. It's here and it'll be great for you, but you have to fight to keep it. You can't just be, you know, you can't sit on your back. You can't just wait and, and let government happen because it's going to come over the top of you. And when people get upset that we're fighting against government. Somebody wrote an article today about how unthinkable it is that we're, that the sitting president is going after the FBI. Wait a minute. Isn't that what got Kennedy killed? Going after the CIA? Mm-hmm. Right. You, you're never to trust the, you, l- l- Democrats never have trusted the, espionage community ever, intelligence community ever until now because they're saying things that they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they're saying things they want to hear is because they've been told that it's what they want to hear, mm-hmm. right? Romney was fighting against, was, was going against uh, Obama, and Obama was pounding him saying, Russia's not the same Russia. You need to quit treating them like the evil empire. Yeah, they're our friends now. All this stuff. And just because a bunch of people got infected into the Democratic Party and took over Hillary's ear uh, because of um, what was going on over in the Baltic states and things like that. You know, and that's what it's all from. It's all from us trying to push NATO into areas that are way too close to Russia. Russia's fighting back against that, and now they're the enemy again. Please. Magically. Now they want us to go go attack Russia. What? Our, uh, it's all about oil. It, it's not. It's not gas oil. It's heating oil. Mm-hmm. But it's all about heating oil and how Europe is going to be heated in the winter. That's what this is all about. And it's frustrating to sit and watch it, and nobody catching up on this. And, and the supposed journalist I went on a rant about this this morning on Twitter. <laughs> it, the supposed journalists aren't investigating these things, right? Mm-hmm. They're just they're just trying to push an agenda. They're doing propaganda for the parties. Is all that the news media has become the only really good uh, person out there, journalist out there in my mind right now is Glenn Greenwald. Pretty much, he used to be, he used to be a lib- uh, left darling until he started pointing out where the left was falling into this trap, mm-hmm. and now they've pushed him out and made him a Russian apologist. What? Yeah, he's a Russian apologist. That's why it's noted in Russia. You know, it's all conspiracy. I get attacked by. I get attacked all the time. Oh, you're a Russian apologist. I'm like, no, I just don't hate them like you do. I don't understand your thought process. They spent forty thousand dollars on ad buy or whatever. Big deal. How much money did the the other people spend? You know, I mean, it's like everybody should have a right to have to say what they want to say. I don't see what the big deal is. If you don't like what they're going to say, don't listen to it. Right? Yeah, forty thousand on Facebook is crap. Yeah, it's it's hardly anything, and and it was supposed to be. I guess they and what's funny because Russia today is now labeled as a, a propaganda wing for the for the, for uh, Russia when half of their shows are produced by the BBC. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's, they want to come out. You can almost feel like some of the left want to come out and treat Russia like it's an enemy. But when when you really delve into Russia, it's like they're they're not really a um, a political enemy. They're not a uh, a military threat to the United States. Um, they they're out of gas. Just uh, they're out of gas. They can't do as much as they as people think they can do. You know. In well, how long do you think Russia is going to take us trying to economically break bankrupt them? Which is what we've been doing for them. Right. Yeah. We've been trying to economically bankrupt them, 
and drive them into the ground. If they were doing that to us, we would be all kinds of pissed off. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Why are we doing it to them? It makes no sense. Well, you don't have any hard proof that they're doing that, but that's, that is what they're doing. Well, they have hard proof. Yeah, they've got sanctions against them right now. <laughs> they're, jail- they're trying to jail most of the top bankers because they're trying to do business with Americans. It, it's crazy. It, this isn't hidden agenda stuff. This is stuff that's out in the open. Just nobody wants to look at it because it doesn't mesh with the the way they think that they're going to attack the Republican Party. The the, the Democrats have decided this is how they attack the Democratic the Republican Party. So anything that deviates from that is something they don't want to hear. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Rush, Russia... Uh, Hacked the DNC and the DCCC. Really? Show me the proof. Right. They have yet to show any hard evidence. Somebody said, well, here's all the evidence right there. I said, Look at it. It's all supposition. It's all people who don't know anything about hacking or the internet mm-hmm. and how the internet works saying, well, the IP came from Russia. Oh, no. So, so hackers don't know how to obfuscate their IP address or use uh, uh, the VPN tunnels and get around all of that. I mean, if these were good hackers, why were they doing? Why were they? Oh, there was there was Russian writing in the code, because hackers don't borrow, steal, and sell code. Right. Do you guys understand how this stuff works, really? Because you act like you don't, and any good hacker is laughing hysterically at all these charges. Especially They're the laughing. one that, especially that one that did it. And that's the other yeah, thing. Especially- I don't even think it was like it's that high grade of a hack. Well, yeah, the this well the, the irritating thing is it's all coming from Crowd CrowdStrike, which yeah. if you look at the 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 owner of CrowdStrike, he's an anti-Russian Ukrainian, mm-hmm. right? He hates Russia. Well, of course he thinks Russia is doing he and and he had to retract his his the article he had to he had to actually uh, amend the report because it was found out that he was saying that uh, this was just like a hack that Russia did on Ukrainian weapon systems, and the Ukrainians came back who he's supposedly fight you know trying to get pushed into this thing. They came back and said, that never happened. You know, our weapon systems were never, ever hacked. Right? Mm-hmm. So he had to come back and say, okay, I'll take that out of the report. Well, what else have you got wrong? You're attributing all this stuff to Cozy Bear, and, and it's like, and you've identified it as being Russian. Well, why? What proof have you had? You haven't shown no proof of this other than, well, it's something that Russia would have done. It makes sense for that. So what about all the all the attacks they, they committed that had nothing to do with their political agenda? You're just ignoring those. Yep. It's... That if you look into it, like a good journalist should be doing, who had any knowledge, there's got to be journalists out there who have some knowledge about how hacking and, and the internet works, and actually look into this. It's all smoke and mirrors. There's nothing there. No, none of them know how the internet works. None of them. None of them do. And when That's, you get any, especially and, none of the senators. Yeah. None, oh my god. Especially none of the senators. You know, especially none of the reporters like watching people talk about net neutrality, I just like, okay, I just want to, like, you know what, quiet, you don't know what you're talking about, shut up, you know, or, like, um, I think uh, even Nice was even talking about in the Discord chat, it's like, why does everyone keep talking about internet providers, keep bringing up Comcast, why, why is no one talking about level three, you know, okay? <laughs> just don't, they don't understand how it works? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it, 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 seriously, if you really knew how the internet works, you would be amazed every day that you don't have outages, everything works flawlessly, because it's a cobbled together junk mm-hmm. at the base level. If you look at it, and I and I know tech guys. I used to be uh, uh, 
I have Cisco certifications. I know how those routers are configured and how they work. And the fact that they work is amazing to me. Um, <laughs> just, just that it, just that it doesn't go down all the time. It's magic, man. Right. It's magic. Every once in a while you have an outage of the East Coast is out because of this and that and, oh, we're getting hacked. And no, it's just somebody wrote a piece of code into a config file and implemented it and it screwed everything up. So now they're trying to back it out. That's what's happening. Yep. Pretty much. Or a specific router went down because they didn't have uh, fault tolerance set up right and now it's causing some outages mm-hmm. how that doesn't happen more often I have no idea <laughs> the internet is like pipes lead pipes very awful lead pipes <laughs> giving lead poisoning to the masses um, <laughs> and, and, and then somebody came to me and said something well, I think it was even Richard Spector who might have said this it was funny because um, they were saying that the, the internet is utility they use government pipe or government equipment and all sorts of stuff I said no they don't None of the stuff on running on the internet is run owned by the government or run by the government or anything. To the government. Uh, where are you getting that out? It's a super net neutrality junk. Yeah, and I don't want to go down on a rant on that, but yeah, that's it's, yeah. It's like that's not how this works. And, and so many people have grown up with the internet as just being part of their daily lives. Mm-hmm. I grew up when it was not when it was terribly horrible to to even work with because uh, it was all just kind of coming together on its own. Uh, and it all came together on its own. That's the greatest thing about it, is that it wasn't something that was planned out and 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 uh, pushed through a committee and decided upon and everybody agreed to this. It's, no, that's not how it worked. Everybody's doing their own thing, and it got all decided it, it mutually benefited everybody to make this work, and that's how it happened. It's the greatest example of what libertarianism can be is what the internet is and now the government wants to come in and take credit for it great and that's what's probably end up going to happen um, like it's like a, it almost seems like a chess game of net neutrality of to get the internet to be regulated like a utility like you, uh, it's, it's, you can see the chess move ha- yeah it's, a, it's the chess oh. move that's happening it's we're going to remove the net neutrality rules we're going to get people talking about it and people like concerned about the internet again and then after this move we're going to bring an antitrust suit against <laughs> <laughs> the the ISPs and force them into like a, a public utility bill. That's what they're going to do. Well, the, the the ISPs are see when when I was when I was started on the internet, you had a million ISPs, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody dialed, or, you right. know, you dialed up yeah. over regular phone lines. Everybody had because mm-hmm. that's the way it was. Yep. Uh, so everybody had phone lines, and you could dial to wherever, and you could. Yeah, so you could do that. So if you didn't like your ISP, you just quit and join another ISP. You had bunches of options. Mm-hmm. What are your options now? Right? Thanks. Local governments are blocking down on your choices to the point you're stuck using this this utility, you know, and because of that now they want it regulated like a utility. Because they've given they force themselves to be stuck in a, a situation where they have no choice and they think this is the only way they can make it work right. Mm-hmm. To open up the choices. And it all fixes itself. They don't want to open up choices. Cho- uh, because, because, because Comcast and those guys are going to have to do a better job, and they don't, they can't. And they never succeed doing it. Correct. They don't. They don't want to have to have competition. It's easier for them just to pay off small governments to so they don't allow it, or mm-hmm. with, or just have like pseudo OPEC meetings of not competing with the, uh, with each other. Yep. Yeah, you know that's that's it's, and it's very weird. Like, and there's. And the only places that there is any competition when it comes to ISPs is the rural areas. It's the only place because so well, I got lucky. Hmm? I, I got hugely lucky where I live at. The local internet is provided by a co-op. 
Hmm. Right? So the phone system was actually a co-op out here. Nice. I live in western Indiana. And we didn't have, you know, you don't have a lot of choices, but you owned anybody who's a member who gets service is actually an owner. So if they don't like what's going on, they go to the board meeting and they get it changed. So they run for office and, and become a board member. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you have a, a lot of control at that point. And it doesn't require guns. It doesn't require all the stuff. You know, the all legal stuff is backed by that. But, you know, it's if I have an issue with my Internet, I had an issue. Okay, I had an issue a couple of weeks ago as I was trying to use my streaming to get to a, a site, um, uh, BBC America or FX, I remember which one, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to get there, right? Because they had to, they had to do something on there and to make the configuration happen. I called the, I called up. I said, "Hey, there's a situation." He said they'd look into it. Two days later, I had access. It was taken care of because nice. they listened to me because they know that I could go down and get them. All. That's why. That's how it works. Yep. That's the only way it'll work like that. If you have no competition, that's the only way it'll ever work. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like government ain't going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to call up the government and say, "Hey, I'm not getting what I need." They're going to. Yeah. These guys are paying me money. You're not. Yeah. And, go that, away. and that co-op idea. That's that idea is what's like the will bring internet um, choices to like different areas. Like, well, who's going to pay to bring all the like, uh, to have an ISP in this area? Well, if the regulations were there, it'd be easier because if you look at all the dark fiber optic cable that runs through the Midwest, especially Indiana. Uh, that's not being used or utilized because no ISP wants to put us, uh, put anything there. But if more people would do that type of model to, you know, be able to tap into that fiber optic connection to get access to the net, and then you know, freeing up some of the radio signals, allowing other people to connect to it, that's it's going to be it's a beautiful time, especially with the new. I had a guy. Hmm? I had a guy who worked for me um, years and years ago when I was a man. He had, you know, left the company. He he decided to start his own because he was he lived in Mooresville or somewhere else. They didn't have good internet cable connection, so he started his own internet company and was provi- and is providing point to point wireless for everybody, right? So he's he's got pictures of himself on Facebook climbing up towers, putting up these points, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what he does. And and he provides service. He provides internet connectivity for a lot of people. Uh, just because one day he decided to do it. Now he had to go through a bunch of regulations and laws mm-hmm. and fight a bunch of the, the competition, but he was also hitting areas where really didn't have any choice uh, or any, any options other than like direct TV, which is a, kind of a horrible idea if you're going to do any kind of real-time stuff on the internet. Uh, if you're just streaming down a movie, it's fine, but if you're wanting to play a game, it's, the latency is horrible. Right, yeah. Or um, yeah, use VoIP or anything, yeah. But it, but if... Um, but what, So he's providing this great service, right? And that's how you do it. People just get out and, and make it happen on their own. But we need to make it easier for them to do that, mm-hmm. not harder. Right. And what they're trying to do now is making it harder. Yep, yep. And that's and, why. And that's that's the whole thing that this guy at the FCC, the Ajit, that everybody's upset about. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to do is make it easier for people to do that exact thing. And so many people don't even understand what they're talking about when they get into this that they don't get it. And it's and they're all being propagandized to by John Oliver. They all point to John Oliver as the hero of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all if you watch his show, I cannot stand to watch the show because it's nothing but propaganda. And I don't see how people can't see that, how people can't view that what he does and say, "I'm being fed a line right here. I'm being fed bullshit." Mm-hmm. Right? How can he not see that? Yeah, Where it, are their it, critical it, thought yeah. processes going? Um, most people don't have critical thinking. Okay, um, I've learned. That. I know. I, 
Well, I didn't learn, you know, technically, I didn't have a critical thought class until I was in college, which was amazing to me. Why aren't they teaching this stuff as a first in school? They talk about all the things you should be teaching people in schools, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing you should be teaching people in school is how to think. Yep. Not facts, dates, figures, that sort of thing. Think, Teach them how to think about things, how to critically analyze what they're being told, how to understand and process that information in a way that makes sense to them. And they're not doing that. Oh, come right? on. Because if you lay that groundwork, it doesn't matter what else you teach them from that point forward. They'll understand it and learn it because they have the, the tools to do that. Now they don't. Now they're just going blind and everything, and they're not learning this stuff until they're in their 20s or 30s. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. Yeah. Some of them are just going along with whatever they're being told. Yeah, well, some people, uh, just like in the uh, here in the, uh, the Twitch chat, yeah, some people just don't care. The other thing is, it's also hard to quantify critical thinking onto a lot of different tests to also to show government that you're, um, show people that you're giving, mo- uh, getting your money's worth into the school. For So if I had, like, a bunch of critical thinking tests out there, it's really kind of hard for me to, like, grade those and show them, but people like having the math to history stuff. And the other thing with it is yeah. they don't want one. They don't, you know, it's almost like that bides in that conspiracy theory that they don't want people thinking critically, True. especially in high school. You know, well, it's a government-controlled entity. Why would they want you? Que- yeah, they don't want you questioning. I mean, that, I mean, you could say that's a conspiracy and all that stuff, but and and if you're it thinking critically, tracks. Yeah, the other thing is your critical <laughs> you thinking. Yeah, critical thinking in um, in a high school environment will also make you start questioning the whole different process of everything, the whole like the aspect of a public school system, anyways, or the the way the school system is set up, anyways. It doesn't make any sense, right? You know, and 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 the parents, the parents want their kids thinking what they think blindly. Too. I mean, how many parents teach their kids? I mean, my parents. I'm lucky. My parents taught me critical thought from day one. They're like, if you don't, you don't have to agree with what I have to think about it, you know, and and say, hey, why did you think this or why did you do this, and and make me think about those things, as opposed to this is the way we do things and you will do it this way and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. My dad was real big on you know, you have a car. Mm-hmm. I'm not fixing your car for you. You will fix it. I will show you. I will tell you how to do it. I will work with you on getting it done, but you're going to be the one to do it because you're going to learn how this stuff works, and you're going to be the one to do this stuff going forward. And he did that with thinking too. Yeah, which yeah. is which I can tell you right now, like knowing how to work on a car around most millennials, they have no idea. Like I've been in so many, I've been on so many rides with people, their car break down, and I pop their hood and like, okay, this is what's wrong with this thing, and get the car going again. So they're like, no, 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 we're just going to sit here and wait for AAA. I'm like, f that, it's hot. Let me get this going, you know. No, I I could not stand. I I still to this day when I want to work on my house or do something, my wife's like, "Well, we'll get my brother over and hang out." Yeah. I, I want to be able to do it myself. You know, I want the satisfaction of that. I want to be able to say I did that, yeah. right? Even though it's overwhelming and I don't have the time, it's still that mindset in me. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of gotten me in trouble a little bit, but it's still kind of where I'm at where I don't want to pay somebody to do something that I can do myself why yeah. would I pay somebody to do something I can do myself yeah and the most fun I have ever think I've ever had was like to- uh, toying around and tinkering on like a $400 car with a blown motor you know just taking it apart oh, yeah. putting it back together you trying to get able it to do go that. Get, yeah well, I, when I was growing up you used to be able to work on your cars yeah. <laughs> nowadays it's like uh, you can work on your, older your cars your computer system's gone out oh yeah work on older That's cars the, and it's getting progressive harder to find good working cars, older cars, because of the Catch Your Clunkers program. You know? Yeah, I still watch the shows. Uh, I, I've actually, ten, I got my TV on in the background. I always have it on on mute. Mm-hmm. And it's always on the Velocity channel. I'm sitting there watching them rebuild all these old cars. 
See, I'm mad at most fun thing I'm ever. So mad at Velocity Channel. They have Why? so many good car shows on there. Now, All Girls Garage, Boogie's my girl. TV waifu, she's 3D oh, waifu. Boogie, I love Boogie's Garage. I, I like that. Well, Graveyard um, Cars is on. See, Graveyard like, is see, Graveyard is good, but you got to be able to take Mormon the right way. He's a little bit of a well, like, dickhead. <laughs> I think I'm. More, I think I'm more hated of what happened to Wheeler Dealers. I love Dead China. Dead oh, China's different. Yeah. Like, and his. Oh man, his! I don't know if you get on Ed China's like YouTube channel mm-hmm. and watch him just like his autistic uh, car autism on doing a brake job. <laughs> they don't they don't show the stuff anymore. Is the problem yeah. right? So the, the shows are more about hey, we made this deal and we got this working and we did this over here and money we made. Like yeah, show me you working on the car. Show right. me you running into the problem fixing it. And I think it was Gas Monkeys is the one that turned it around, right? So it went from being you know, these car shows end up being from working on cars and, and what we got to do to make them work to the drama and everything else behind it. And it's like, oh, you're yep. ruining it, man. Yep. That's where you're falling apart. Go back mm-hmm. to showing. It was the same with re- restoration. You, you see these car, these people doing these the house flipping and everything, mm-hmm. and you hardly see any of the actual stuff being done. They'd have the contractors do it. And they would just come in and say, oh, what have you done? You know, but it used to be. There was this... Uh, Mike Holmes. Yes, Mike Holmes, yes. Uh, Holmes, Holmes, Holmes on Holmes. Holmes that Holmes, show, old, old, he old, would old say, show. here's how it's done, here's how it's supposed to be done right, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Right, And you'd learn something from that. You'd be able to say, okay, when I'm working on my house now, I remember I need to do this because if I don't, this is what will happen, and this is he's taught me that. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that anymore. You don't. It's It's all... The, the drama. It, it helped me uh, work on my house. Helped me buy my house. Basically, like, like I just went to houses. Yeah, he does the inspections, yeah. right? The house inspection part. When I was like, when he was, when I wasn't watching, he was going like, "Well, you know, check your attic. Uh, you probably don't want to go in your attic or your crawl space because it's nasty. But you're buying it. Get down there. If you mm-hmm. can't, if you don't want to get in there, then don't buy that house. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Or got pay somebody reputable to to investigate you know? it for you. And yeah, he's got a point. So like going up in my attic and like mm-hmm. um, and doing the, and walking around with the guy that did the house inspection on our house. It was like very eye opening. What's one is part of my house and you know going everything and and um, like well, there's one part of the house I knew I had fixed because of one like quick like rhyme that Holmes always said: "What cold, uh, where warm meets cold equals mold." Okay, and that's yep. how the sunroom was set. Yeah, the sunroom was not like insulated correctly, and I, like I knew this was an issue, so we went to go fix it because, like, I remember like the first time it got cold in there, and you just watch mold just start growing. Like, okay, yep, let me go fix this. I gotta fix this now. Yeah, but those are just different things like that, and it's like most people just aren't shown that, especially in school. Um, I remember, mm. I think I'm one of the last people through IPS that actually had shop class. You know. It, oh, I remember shop class. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You can't do it anymore. You can't show. You can't have shop classes. They used to you used to be able to donate your car to a high school, and they would tear it apart and fix it mm-hmm. as part of their shop class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tech. Tech used to do that all the time. Yeah, Arsenal Technical High School in um, mm-hmm. Indianapolis. They used to do that. You just you know people would bring cars. You know they were just fixed community cars. People bring their cars in and get it fixed and worked on. You know it's like it's. I remember like sitting there in my because like it was the 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 teacher who ran the um, networking the computer networking class in my high school. Well, he was he's also an electrician. He was also did the shop class, the small engines class. He did the welding and did everything. And like he was showing me all he he forced me to learn how to lay brick, 
work a backhoe, work on small engine machines. It did, had me do all this different stuff, and would go back and work on computers. And it, and I always, I remember one time I asked him, I was like, why, why did you make me do all this when I just want to work on computers all day? And it's like, I did, you know, well, let's say that you like, uh, you wanted to stop, or you just want to do this on your own, or you wanted to, you know, pay someone to build you something. You know how much work it is. <laughs> You know, well, you, and, and, you know, and, and, and you know how what, what work goes into it and what it's supposed to look right. And in the chat, you got Drajel uh, who says, you know, you take a car into a car shop and you're gonna get scanned because if you don't know enough about the car to question what they're doing or why they're doing it or ask to go see it and make sure that it's this way or that way, yeah, they're gonna scam you. You know, you need that knowledge in order to to trust them because you need to be able to watch what they're doing. Yep. But when I grew, when I was, see, I. I went into computers in a weird path because I went in the Navy as a nuclear reactor operator, right? And then I came out and I couldn't find a job as a nuclear operator in Indiana because they shut down Marble Hill and that's where I was going to go. And I can't do that now. So what am I going to do? So I tried doing electronic technicians for a while. I ended up going to manpower and just doing data entry because I was typing, you know, 14,000 keywords a minute, right? So mm-hmm. 14,000 keystrokes a minute and I was getting jobs just like that, left and right. Oh, well. Um and then once I had a, a contract with RCA and I was looking for something else to do, they came back and said, hey, we got this guy who works, uh, he rebuilds fan clutches for trucks. He says, you don't have to know what you're doing. He'll come in and show you. I said, all right, I'll go in there and go help him out, right? So they just brought in an attempt to help out. I ended up becoming one of their best employees, and I worked there for five years rebuilding fan clutches. You know, I, ups- I upgraded their inventory system and how they were doing it, the processes, and how they I learned a lot doing that job. Uh just how mechanical things work, how inventory control systems work, how all this stuff works. And I, I transformed that shop into something really strong and powerful because they would, they would get a fan clutch in that needed rebuilt on these semis, which is a, it's a big deal because what happens is if the, if the fan clutch is what spins the big blades, mm-hmm. and it would, it would break the little, the um, post that's in there that, that spins on, right? It would break off. And then the fan would just start flopping around, going the radiator, and causing bust down. So it's, it was a big deal. People would bring in their fan their fan clutches to have rebuilt. They didn't have to wait for it to be rebuilt and give it back to them. Well, I'm like, well, we know what the most popular ones are. Let's just build some up ahead of time, have them ready to go. Somebody comes in with one, we just give them one, right? So we started doing that processes. We started making things better, and it was learning that stuff and electricity. I learned a lot of electricity, electronics. Uh, I learned a lot about plumbing. Uh, my cousin was a plumber. So I learned all this stuff helping build a house that we were building when I was a kid. My parents built a new house. So I learned all this stuff. And it's amazing how often I translate that stuff over into computers. Hmm. Well, I'll be talking to somebody about uh, data pass and how the data goes from one point to another. And I said, and I'll tell them, it's like plumbing or electricity. Find where the break is. Yep. Right? Because it's going to flow. One, way. It flows this way. So where is it breaking down at? Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of it like that, it becomes a lot easier to pinpoint what the problem is where you're not looking in the wrong place for, for two days trying to figure out what the problem is. You're looking at where the, the actual problem is. You know, yep. basic troubleshooting comes out of that stuff. Yep. Well, like, just, well, just like plumbing, like, you've got to make sure you have enough air going over different, like, air, but that, uh, that's why I hate dealing with plumbing. Um, I almost drowned in my basement because I didn't know enough about plumbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, long story uh, short, that um, there was a um, the when I bought uh, when I got to the I noticed a small leak in my basement, so I took this took the ceiling apart and saw like the pipe was busted. It's coming off there, so I was like, okay, it's a drain pipe. Okay, 
I'm up this high from the main drain, so if I remove this pipe, it, it's fine, right? Put a little blank, put a bucket down, remove the pipe. Water just started shooting out of there in my face, just drowning me, just gout, you know, massive amounts of water just shooting out of this drain pipe. What I didn't know is that when the person put this put the new place in for the sink, it doesn't hook up directly to the main drain. It first hits a pipe that hits with the sump pump. So the sump pump is pressurized, sucking water out of the sump pump. <laughs> so when I pumping all that stuff into your face, correct. So when I gave another path for that all that water to go because of pressure, then what? So it hit me in the face, hit me, hit the ground, go into the drain of the ground, go back in the sump pump, and go right back up at me. It was endless circle, just drowning in portals. All right, so. Back on so topic. topic. <laughs> I think we like uh, the main thing about the uh, the one article. From we got, we got was, from me too to there. I don't know how. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the main thing I wanted to do was like um, looking at the case of Travis Smiley. Uh, basically, he has held. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because he is ragged on like uh, he, like it's one of the true, true cases of showing that there is no like right now. There needs like there's no defense against the Me Too movement. He doesn't even know who his allegations are, who they're from. Um, before they even had his meeting, they already knew they were going to get rid of him. Um, well, this is another I- internal attack, though, because correct. he was against a lot of the Obama stuff, mm-hmm. right? One so of the he, few he critics. was supposed to play yeah. ball. Yeah, he was he was supposed to, right because uh, you know the race thing, and, and he didn't. And I think they're coming after him for that stuff now. Right. Now they finally can, and they're like, okay, you know, it's like we mm-hmm. we can get him now. Launch the attack. Launch the, launch the McNute, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what that is. All right. The other article I wanted to bring up, which I saw, I think, I forget where I found this. Uh, let me open up and show that. see if I wrote a note. It's supposed to be. All right. was from Business Insider um, talking about, I love the news when they start talking about freaking uranium. In radioactive material, <laughs> because oh, a lot of I am not a um, nuclear scientist. Um, uh, when I did go to school, I uh, I am a science major, but more of in um, IT. <laughs> well, and this is where I can come in because I did study nuclear power when I was in the Navy, you know? and it was a very yeah. This is which is good, you know, because like yeah, which is r- really power. cool material. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a very. Uranium is a very, very weird rock. I, uh, and when you get in, and like I said, like it's like only people that can really like either. If it's interesting, I, there's one time I got into an argument. I was very drunk at a wall party, and I was getting an argument with Greg about you know like how like you know like you know yes like about uranium and how you can go out and get some, and bring it home, and do all this different stuff to it. And I kept telling like, and kept telling me no, you can't. Da 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 da. And I'm like, it's just a rock. <laughs> uranium's just well, a rock. Well, I my wife my wife's talked to me about maybe trying to do a nuclear reactor here, so you know, electricity costs. I'm like, it's not it's not no, you don't even understand. It's that already. So you can go find uranium, mm-hmm. but in order to get uranium isotope, uh-huh, 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 that's uh-huh. actually yeah. the radioactive part. You have to mine through. You have to process so it's like tons yes. of yep. uranium to you get a small, tiny little bit out that's mm-hmm. actually usable for that for fissionable material. Well, to get yeah, to get yeah, if you want to get to get it pure to be able to do anything with it, and that's that's why Iran's having so much trouble. They're trying to find a way to process the uranium in order to get enough fissionable to run. 
right? Good, and that's, good. that's where Stuxnet and all that stuff came into play. Right. But it's not like you can just go dig up some uranium and yeah, you're good to go. Correct. Because that uranium is mostly stable. It's not radioactive. It's not going to harm you. It's not going to do anything. Well, yeah, because it's, it's so low. It's, it doesn't... What is it? I think like the... Because it's the stable like uranium... Two, yeah. So the stable uranium is uranium-238. Uranium-238 is the isotope that is that close to being fissionable. So what it is is it's sitting there ready for an electron. As soon as it gets... Uh, a, a neutron. As soon as it gets the what it needs to start the fission to, to break apart, mm-hmm. and then create and create the stuff to, to cause a chain reaction to the other fissionable material to UT three right? five. So but you don't. Yeah, but that's not what you want to. Yeah. Yeah, two thirty five is pretty stable. Two thirty eight is the ice. No, no two thirty eight is the. the uh, or is it two thirty eight? Okay, so two thirty five. Two thirty five. Yeah, is right. the, yeah, the isotope. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, because. But you, yeah, in that slow chain reaction, that gets you that, mm-hmm. you know. But you can use and trick you. T- but what they use, they, they you can use two three. Uh, if you get enough two three eight, and you can use it to kind of trick it to doing you two th- uh, to be you two three five. Yeah, you have to process it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when you get. And if you did it at the house, that's how you get into trouble for. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're refining. It's not like radio. they don't track this stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I go? Can I go out there in the, in the middle of the, uh, the Midwest um, and pick up? Uh, not Midwest, but like the the Southwest. Pick up uranium rock and um, come back to Indiana with it. Yes, you can. And apparently, um, you can even get on an airplane with it. Yeah, it's not radioactive. Nobody will be able to detect yeah. it. It's just wrong. Um, but TSA will grab it because apparently it will set off alarms, which is awesome. I think I may just do it just to troll. You know, go pick up a rock and just walk around with it. <laughs> I just I didn't know what it was. I just saw it was a pretty rock. It's pretty rock. They're not pretty rocks, though. They're very ugly rocks. <laughs> very ugly rocks. But anyways, back to the article. We're not spinning off this time. We're not spinning off. This time we're going to <laughs> go through this article. Because I really like this little article because usually when um, when I wanted when I was going through that back before we went off on the tangent was that usually when um, articles bring up uh, radioactive material or different alternative fuels to fossil or wind and electric they like to demonize um, uh, you know uh, nuclear power or just get a lot of different facts wrong or something things are just wrong and messed up this article is actually a very <laughs> fair take I uh, still don't really you know I, I don't like me I don't. Well, we'll get in the article, and I'll, when we get to the point, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. All right. All right, so life of modern civilization is affordable, free-flowing energy. It gives us the power to heat our homes, grow and refrigerate f- food, purify water, and manufacture products, Perfor- perform organ transplant- transplants, drive a car, go to work, and or, or procrastinate from work by reading a story about the future of energy. Let's see if I can get a tanger. Yeah. All right. Today's cheap, bountiful supplies make it hard, uh, hard to see humanity's looming energy crisis, but it's possible coming within our lifetime. Our numbers will grow from 7.36 billion people to 9 billion in 2040, as an increase of 22%. Uh, rapidly developing nations, however, will supercharge global energy consumption at more than twice the rate. And especially with a lot of people who are moving to wanting to start using electrical cars, especially the electrical truck, which I think the idea of an electric truck is will is a better idea than an electric car right now because it's easy to put the infrastructure in to charge electric cars because they're going from one spot to another spot. They're going point A to point B. They're, and not a C, not a D, not an E, not an F in someone else's house. You know, it's going, you know, from dock to dock to dock to dock. 
So it would work for company-owned cars, but if you, I figured if you're if you're owner-operator, it won't do you any good. Sorry. I'm sure there's probably truck drivers who listen to it like, yeah, what about me? I own my own <laughs> truck. Well, sorry, you're gonna get screwed at this. <laughs> get screwed. <laughs> Well, they'll have to they'll have to pay a rate. Yeah, they pay a rate, or you know, like some companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. the some companies may be like, yes, you can charge. Yeah, just charge your truck here. You know, or that might be part of your contract that you can just leave your electric truck there to charge, which might even be beneficial because now you don't have to you know park your big rig at your house. Or pay. You have to pay gas right now. You have to stop at gas stations, go through that. Room. Yeah, you know, taxis out, and you have to go. You know, so like with that, so much. yeah, so that incoming with a lot of electrical cars, which. I'm not too keen. Like everyone's like, okay, I'm gonna get this out there. My thing about Tesla and Tesla cars is, I really feel like they're in the apple of the car world. They don't make it. They don't make it easy to one work on their cars, to salvage their cars. That's why there's so many freaking Teslas in the junkyard, and most people pull them out or the complete DIY or dyers because Tesla does not help them out trying to get their cars on the road. They don't even see them as legitimate Tesla owners, <laughs> so. They won't even, a lot of time, a lot of shops won't even work on their stuff. But, uh, you know, they're um, moving on. All right. Fossil fuels could quench the planet's deep thirst for energy, but they'd be temporary fix at best. Known uh, reserves may drive up, may dry up within a century or two. Notice that they don't have a, you know, because peak oil is, is nonsense. Um Because the, they're realizing that fossil fuels is, is not really true when it comes to basically crude oil. It's not made from fossils. That's, that's not what it is. Anyway, moving on, I'll, I'll get into that subject later. And burning up the carbon-based fuel will accelerate climate change, which is already on track to disrupt, jeopardize countless lives. So yeah, it's all these different like aspects going into it. And a lot of electric cars in the Midwest, well, we use coal here out here, and we use clean coal, so it's not as bad. Still pretty bad, though. Anyways, moving on. Back to the article. Meanwhile, renewable energy sources like wind and solar, which um, is more hairy, don't work, unreliable, uh, because if the overcast day and the wind's not blowing and my and your server goes offline because, you know, because <laughs> you love green energy, you'll understand. The, uh, the key parts of the solution are not silver bullets, especially if, if the world is to meet the, a 2050 deadline set by the Paris Agreement. I'm glad we're out of that. Energy uh, from, fu- um, from fusion is promising, but it's not yet proved to work, let alone on a commercial competitive scale. Nuclear reactors, on the hand, fi- uh, on the hand, fit the bill. They're dense, reliable, emit no carbon, and contrary to um, to bitter popular sentiment, are among the safest energy sources on Earth. Today, they supply about 20% of America's energy through the 2040s. Uh, through 20, 2040s, um, the share drops to 10% as companies shut down decades-old reactors, according to the July 26 report re- released by the Idaho, uh, Idaho National La- Laboratory. Yes, nuclear reactors. Nuclear energy is incredibly safe, and they're using these very old, out-of-date nuclear reactors because they really—I can't remember when was the last nuclear reactor was built in the United States—and they're using very old, outdated technology. And from people are being scared. They even show like a photo uh, in the article of like a nuclear reactor, and someone's got like this super old <laughs> Polaroid camera in the back. I don't think that's not even Polaroid; it's just a regular old camera in the back. And uh, let's see. Uh, and they're talking about through the man. Oh, it's a man. It's a Manhattan Project um, thing for the molts. Uh, uh, anyways, so moving on to a thing called 
called a molten salt reactor. The technology was conceived during the Cold War and forego solid nuclear fuel for liquid one, which it can burn far greater efficiency than any power technology in existence. I don't know. They, burns in quotations. It's, I think they just use it. They burn and just burn. So they're not really burning the stuff. Because you, you, it's a rock. Well, it does burn too. Anyways, moving on. It also generates a small fraction of the radioactive waste compared to today's commercial reactors, which also rely on solid fuel. And in theory, molten salt reactors c- can never melt down. It's reliable, it's clean, it basically does everything fossil fuel does today. Kirk Swarson, the chief technology officer of nuclear energy startup Flybe Energy, told Business Insider. Uh, Swarson, while speaking during an episode of Business Insider's podcast, Codebreakers, which is produced with the National Public Radio Marketplace, and it does a whole bunch of things it uh, doesn't do today, like make energy without emitting carbon. What's more, uh, feeding a molten salt reactor a radioactive waste from mining called thorium which is three to four more times abundant than, than uranium is. The uh, reason why it's more abundant because, like, uh, uranium is unstable, and it uranium likes to break down, well, breaks down into other things. That's how you, so you start at uranium, and it, what is it? Uranium, radium, thorium. Um, like I said, I'm not a science, like, chemist major. It's like I said, it almost like does, like, alchemy and breaks down to other things. Randall, you there? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, oh. like, sorry. I was letting you talk. Okay. I'm right. going to let you get through the article, and then I was going to point out. Go, go into it. Like, all right. I just want to say, because I was trying to, you know. All right. I just want to make sure you're there. What's more, feeding a molten saturator, and, uh, and it can uh, breed as much nuclear fuel as it, as it burns up. Manhattan Project scientist Alvin Weinberg calculated in 1959 that if we could somehow harvest all the thorium in the Earth's crust and use it this way, we could power civilization for tens of billions of years. Technology is viable. The scientist has been de- demonstrated. Uh, Hans Kruger, a nuclear engineer at INL, demonstrated because government scientists built two complementary prototypes during the 1950s and 60s. They weren't good for making nuclear weapons, though among other reasons, so bureaucrats pulled funding for the revolution in air energy technology. The last work molten salt reactor shut down in 1969. Today, entrepreneurs such as Sorzen are working tirelessly to revive and modernize the technology. So, our foreign governments, including India, China, now spends more than $350 million a year developing its variation of the Cold War era design. I don't like that. I'll pick apart that later. I'll wait. <laughs> the story of how we got here is neither short nor simple, but it explains why Sorzen and others are betting on Big Man is coming for the thorium age. So this article, yeah, this article does things. Well, I mean, and they they mentioned fission. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I need to talk about that. As you said before, solar and wind are not the panaceas of being a solution because of, and it's not so much that the sun doesn't always shine and that you don't have because you can't store the energy efficiently. Uh, we don't have the battery technology. That's the big problem with those types of technologies, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have the, the really good battery uh, abilities right now. So those are hard to do. So we end up with doing the burnable coals, shales, gas, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. oil, um, or we use nuclear. Now, nuclear has always been a, a very, very safe um, technology. Uh, the, the scare tactic and why we don't have it now is directly related back to Jane Fonda. Um, and I can show you that. How I can show you the work on that if you want to see it. But 
But uh, basically, Three Mile Island happened to meltdown. The movie she was in that was completely and totally stupid came out and scared everybody. Mm. Right. So this this idea that we're going to have a meltdown and it's going to core through the core of the earth and it's going to cause all, it's it's not that okay. So and even people are scared about Fukushima. Fukushima's pumping out some radioactive material into the water. Hey, it's like taking a drop and putting it into Lake Michigan and expecting that drop to do something. It's not going to do the the oceans are so massive. It's not doing anything negatively to the fish and all that stuff everybody's freaking out about. It. It's not happening. Um so the water's already radioactive. Um, it's, 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 it's there's already well, it's it's not it's not, it's not everything is radioactive. It's it's all stupid. There's so much radio. You walk out of the house and you're getting radioactive. You can't live without radioactivity in your life. Yep. Right. You can't survive. The vitamin D. It's 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 basically radio radioactive energy from the from the sun. Right. So that's what you, people need to survive. We grew up as a a species. You know, the whole life on this planet requires that. So, quit quit freaking out about that stuff. So, yeah, there are some problems with with um, nuclear reactors and what they did in Chernobyl was horrendous, mainly because they designed it so horribly bad. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's not only that the technology that they implemented in Chernobyl was bad. It was that as they were doing this test, the test was throwing off all the alarms. And the people running the plant told the people to turn off the alarms so they could finish the test. They were being told over and over again there's a problem, and they didn't stop the problem. Right. So it's kind of kind of their own fault on that. Right. Um, and they don't. And the technology the United States was using was much more self-contained, where you couldn't override a lot of that stuff. It would have fail-safed. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. It was crammed the reactor. It would have fail-safed everything. So. <laughs> So getting into all that. So, yeah, since the 80s, when the last time we built nuclear power plants, because, like I said, I was going to come back and work at Marble Hill in Indiana. Marble Hill shut down. It was one of the last ones who were being made at the time. It was it got shut down, and there was none since then. Since then, the technology has improved so much uh, to where there's almost no waste at all. There's no danger at all. The thorium processing you're talking about, the, the, the plants, very safe technology. It's very wonderful. Glad that people are still working on this stuff because you get the fear that they weren't, mm-hmm. right? Since mm-hmm. nobody's allowing any more to be built, so I keep pumping, you know, study into it. But people are doing it; it's great. So now we have these awesome opportunities. And the funny thing is, is that there's a lot of people in the environmental community that are going, "Hey, we need to be if we want to really get off of um, all these, you know, harmful emissions and using coal and all this other stuff that we're doing right now." We need to go to nuclear, and they're getting pushed out of the uh, the movement mm-hmm. as traitors. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what are you doing? These people are giving you the answer. We've had the answer for decades, and no one wants to embrace it because they were scared because of a movie. <laughs> oh, man. So I had to put that also on the wall movie night. <laughs> oh, my God. That like... movie was so bad. And, and it was just, it was the timing of it, too. It came out just as Three Mile Island happened. Mm. And even Jimmy Carter was there at Three Mile Island, going, "It's safe. I'm here." Because he was in he was in the nuclear power power program in the Navy too. Mm-hmm. He understood what I'm saying to you is what was going on there was not that big of a deal. You know, mm-hmm. they had a partial meltdown, and and it's contained, and nobody's getting hurt, and it's. Oh, mm. 
I mean, yeah, it, there's always catastrophic things that can happen, but that's with anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, look how much how much damage is being done when we're pumping oil to the United States, and you have leaks and things like that in the pipelines, or you're you're driving a truck with the gas with oil on it, and it wrecks, and then you got oil spills everywhere, and the damage that that does. There's all kinds of stuff that we do all the time that's more damaging than anything nuclear power is going to do. Well, it's just that people equate the nuclear power plant with an atomic bomb, and oh my right. god, yeah. it's going to blow up, and it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what but, like um, yeah that, yeah a lot of people think of that, or they think of like this weird. Um, um, oh, sorry, Lace, I got distracted. Lacey's <laughs> my wife just walked in. Um, where was I? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the thing with like with uh, nuclear power. They're always worried about these spills, but like crude oil is. As long as it's unrefined crude oil from the ground, like if it hits the ground, you can just pick it right back up. It doesn't do anything. It's when we refine it that it actually does damaging to the ground. And, but the same thing mm-hmm. when it comes to, uh, like, you know, nuclear power. Like when people are mostly worried about the waste, what are we going to do about the waste? Well, the thing is, it just breaks itself down. Uranium, well, like spent uranium rods and stuff like that, they turn into something else. You, but you just have to sit there and wait. Are are people? Yeah, they just look- wait a long time. Yeah, but that you know. <laughs> Thousands of years. But so what? It it can basically go back to where you found it in the ground. It was pulled out of the ground, and you put it back in the yeah. ground until the no, it, it, yeah, we've got it all stored in a, a huge deep bunker somewhere in the west, and yeah. nobody bugs about it. You know, it's not it's not yeah, it's not getting it into the crops and the water table and all mm-hmm. that stuff. They think that it's not right. Really if you, and it's not it is not that much waste. You run one of these nuclear power plants for thirty years before you have to refuel it. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you ready to take that spent uranium out and put new in, correct. That's such a long time. Yep. I think they're just you know, dropping they, rods every day, like oh, new rod, sh- new rod, sh- new rod. And the other thing with it is, it's a uh, if you're worried about nuclear waste, what about your own, the other waste? There's other waste in your day that you make that is ten times worse. You know. Well, there's other waste in the other energies we have. Yeah. Well, just like I'm electric, just talking about just electric having that. Phone. Where does the electricity? You don't you don't just generate electricity without causing the same harmful effects that you do when you burn gas. You're still burning something to create that energy. Yeah, you're still doing something to create the electricity. It's not clean. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about electricity being clean energy. It is not. It is more dirty than the other stuff. So, chids of of a, a carbon footprint. You know, you, everybody talks about this carbon footprint that things have, you know, right? So you can take a car, a new car built the last five years, yep. and you can take a dog. The dog has a bigger carbon footprint than that car does. Mm-hmm. The majority of emissions that people are complaining about aren't coming from cars. They're coming from lawnmowers, mm-hmm. for God's sake, right? Yep. So, yep. It's, Crappy two-cycle, unmaintained lawnmowers. Yeah. It's people... Have just demonized things without understanding things. Yep. Right? They don't. They don't want to take. They're not smart enough to to take the time because it, it does take a lot to learn. I'm sorry, it's not something you can learn just overnight. I studied for years, right? And I was in a very accelerated course. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Two thirds of the people who entered, you had to be in the top of like one percent of the ASVAB scores or whatever to even get into this program. And two thirds of the people who were in the program didn't make it through. So it's not an easy thing to pass through. Yeah, I was lucky enough to do so. So it's 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 um, 
it's not something that your average person is just going to be able to pick up and learn. But you need people to come out and say, hey, I understand this, I'm going to explain it, and here's a way to explain it in a way that it makes sense to them. And there's not enough of that going around. People are scared of propaganda. Mm-hmm. Propaganda scaring people away from doing the things that they should be doing yep. in order to make their lives easier. Yep. Yeah, it's a crazy idea that people are running into electric or uh, to, for electricity, thinking about wanting to use solar or wind power. That is insane and such backwards technology when we've got such well such better solutions. The thing is too. Well, the thing is too is, is I have no problem at all with wind and solar. I think I those do. are great ideas. Eventually, I think solar power. We're not would there work. yet. Solar, solar yeah. will work in well, outer I think, space. I think. I think. I think. I think the solar collectors in orbit, mm-hmm. sending electricity back to Earth. Great idea. I think that's going to be the way we end up going eventually. Or the moon. That's the, makes the most or sense. Or the moon. Yeah. 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 You can do, as long, all you have to do is set it back wirelessly. And we know Tesla's already taught us how to do that. Yep. Yep. Just very scared of that. Because <laughs> you're lightning. pumping energy through the so air. So that's the other thing is like I always had the rumor that like the main reason why they collect a lot of um, Tesla's like uh, uh, material <laughs> and haul like this free electricity while he's out there. I was like, what if he found uranium and was experimenting? <laughs> The problem with the problem with Tesla is that he has created this um, cult, uh, yeah, cult mystique. Yeah. It's a mystique around it, right? So it's just like a little mystery and stuff like that. Tesla was a great guy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; the guy was a genius, but he also ended up kind of a little bit of a nutbag oh, yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people do because that's how they that's how that mind those types of minds kind of go. Yeah. Right? And he died but under he a DC powered light bulb. Well, it, I had somebody telling me that he. Um, you know, he, he all his 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 idea for AC was stolen. It was like, or no, it wasn't stolen. He gave it to Westinghouse. Yeah, because Westinghouse was saying, I don't know if we can make this work. And he says, I will hand over you the rights to everything if you just implement it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he did. He signed over the the rights to it to Westinghouse to make it happen. And Westinghouse made it happen and fought against Edison because. Tesla couldn't. Tesla could not do that at the time because Edison was way too powerful and was running a big smear campaign against him. So Westinghouse was able to take him on and make that happen. Right? And the technologies make sense. DC works great for internal stuff, for your powering your phones, for powering your electronics equipment. Mm-hmm. AC is great for moving energy over long distances. If you tried to do DC that way, you'd have to have a substation every half a mile right. or every mile or something like that to get the energy to maintain itself. To, and there's no way we're going to put Stuff like that. That's why AC works so great because it trans it transmits the energy over long distances efficiently. Mm-hmm. So both things worked for the right reasons, and that's how we got where we are today. Not because you know anything, like that. but Tesla was Tesla working man. on some very interesting. Thing. He was wanting to power inter- power neighborhoods and cities mm-hmm. with wireless energy, yep. and it, it it actually could work. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful thought process, but it's going to scare the bejeebies out of people to where you walk out in your field, you know, with with a, a light bulb in your hand and it's glowing because of the electricity in the air is causing it to run. Oh, what's that doing? I mean, people are freaking out about cell, wi- Wi-Fi and cell phones now causing cancer. <laughs> what do you think they're going to say about <laughs> Tesla, you know, running energy through the air like that? So, I know, like, yeah, but, but there's a cancer. lot of things he's done. There's a lot of things he, he taught us that he talked about and things that are possible that we can still use, we can still make use of. I mean, solar collecting energy mm-hmm. above the Earth and in geosynchronous orbit and sending it back to Earth to a substation to deliver out through AC lines mm-hmm. will work. 
Yes. We should be looking at that. Yep. But it's not. We're not there yet. Yep. We're not. Cl- but doing solar if power battery, on, on on the Earth. Well, it, even on the Earth would work if we had, if we had the proper battery technologies to store efficiently store the energy right. Right. So that's the problem is you can't generate enough energy and store it to use it when the sun's not out to make it worthwhile. Efficient, right? So I did I did some costing. Um, so you can go out and you can do price costing on how many cells, how many solar cells you would need on your house. Because I have a house that's positioned in a way that the the south part of my house, the, the long part of my house on the south side, is always facing the sun during the day. I put solar panels up there, right? And I just remove the energy from that. But trying to figure, doing the calculations of figuring out how many solar cells I would need, it was in the twenties and thirties and forty thousands of dollars to implement it. How much money am I saving? You know, over the long run, from the electricity that I'm using now, mm-hmm. a year, how long before that pays itself off? Correct. And your you know, energy, fifty, sixty years. Yeah, and your energy consumption just going to go up. Now I can you used to be able to sell that back to the grid. Yeah. Right, and the, and the electric companies that have to, was forced to buy that from you, but at the end of this year, Indiana, that law goes away, yep. so they no longer have to pay for you for that. Good old anymore. Indiana. So. Yeah, that's special interest groups right there, yep. <clears throat> taking care of that issue. But I mean, the the idea is not a bad idea. It was just we don't have the technology for it. Everybody thinks we can just pump money into it. We can just collect tax money to pay for it, and it's like like solar free ideas and technology doesn't happen by throwing money at something. It happens through thought idea processes that happen uh, in fits and starts and eureka moments and people having just a wait a minute moment right and thinking about things a certain way and and those are how those technology advances push forward not just throwing money at it and research and you figure it out eventually right mm-hmm. you have to have those those things happen and we're not there yet with the technology we just don't have the technology in the battery storage systems to make it functional on a home level. Safe. Now, Safe solar solar level. fields, you know, company, you know, company, like putting a solar field out in, in a desert in Arizona or somewhere yep. where people have been doing that and selling that. Great idea. Do it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money you're pumping into it. You better be able to buy, you know, get it to pay for itself mm-hmm. after a certain time. And how are you storing that energy and delivering it? Because right. what do you do at night? So you got to store that energy. And until the battery systems are going to be economically feasible, and that's the key economically feasible. Mm-hmm. Which all that does is not money being needed to throw it at it. That's just destro- controlling the scarce resources that go in one into producing a solar, a solar pa- panel or just mm-hmm. or to doing other things. Okay? So it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you just need more cash to do it. It's like, well, is this, is, is this good going after bad, though? There's other things that you could probably get electricity cheaper and easier out of. You know? Just like... And it's, it's also the problem with nuclear now, too, is that because of the regulatory... Th- Things and the insurance and everything else you have to pay mm-hmm. in order to run to build a nuclear power plant, it becomes so cost prohibitive that you're never going to make the money back. Right. That's why they're not getting built. Yeah. I don't know. We, we might win. You know. You know. We well, could. eventually, if this the thor- I mean the thorium thing, uh, technology, the waste actually uh, is utilized in on itself to a point where it becomes something that there's no out of it, and that's happening. We have technology now that can do that, nuclear science fields. Um, that stuff is going to present itself, and people are going to end up having to say, 
they can't. I mean, they're going to have to realize they can't fight it anymore. Right. If this is the way if they're pushing us into a position so hard that we have to find alternative ways of doing power other than shale oil and and other fossil fuels. That they're going to have to say this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. France has been doing it for years. Japan, India. I know the, these guys are a leg up on us. France has been most of their power comes from nuclear power. Yeah. You know, and they they enjoy a great, you know, quality of life because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can stay out of these stupid wars and not worry about what the price of oil is. Says because we don't get our oil from from the Middle East, and, you know, much anymore. We get most of it from Canada. Yep. But it's all traded on a market, and that market is based off futures, and that futures is based off what they can, you know, get the price to, and OPEC sets that price. So we still have to play in the stupid Midwest. If it wasn't for or the Mideast, we wouldn't have to deal with that stuff. And we could let that all go to pot and take care of itself politically if we weren't relying on them anymore. Mm-hmm. Not relying on their oil, but relying on the price of oil. Yep. Yep, because, you know, because we'd still use oil, would still use oil for many different things in this country, um, but just not for producing energy. We use it for plastics. Pla- yeah, all, all uh, plastics are made from oil. Yep, Nobody plastic. realizes that. Yeah, all computer, a lot of the computer equipment stuff that we use comes has oil components. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I don't like oil. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna tweet about that on my iPhone. Uh, hey, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you don't think oil was used to make that iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's another thing when I go to, uh, uh, I, I like to do that type of thing when it comes to, like, to vegans and stuff like that, like, when they talk about they don't like how uh, a cow has to die or something has to die for a different product, and I was trying to tell people, it's like, your modern slaughtering house, you know, are more efficient in use of a dead cow than any indigenous people ever was. You, you, you know, you praised, you know, Native Americans and indigenous people for using the whole cow, but I trust you, every freaking uh, slaughterhouse, they use the whole freaking cow. Every last bit of it. What do you think hot dogs are? Yes. Well, well hot do dogs. Leftover? The hooves go to the hooves for glue, right? The it's uh, an American the horns. institution. They eat hot dogs at a baseball game, right? They, I mean, they, that's American. They even use the like the blood that drains out of dead animals. That's also get refined <laughs> and used, and is used into a lot of um, you guessed it, radiator food in cars. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Can't drive a car. Because it uses animal products. Yeah, like a That's a cow. Unless you drive an air-cooled Porsche. Or use water and just don't drive in the winter. <laughs> then a little rust. Block crack. Little rust. That is so rust. That rust so bad inside. Oh, man. A cracked block is not something you want to play with. Mm. Speaking of that, I'm finishing like the rebuild on this Jeep. And I broke a camshaft bolt off in the head. The last camshaft um, bearing cat bolt. I know, I know. When I took them off, I looked at them and like, hey, these look fine. I was like, I should buy brand new ones at $8 a piece. Nah, screw it. I'm going to put these back in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save myself 40 bucks. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, oh, I got to take, I can, and the problem is, it's the camp, sh- the camp bearing cap by the firewall and the brake booster. So oh, I can't geez. really get my drill in there. So it, I have to go out and buy a nice it's a Jeep. Of, yeah. You should see my. I got Sebring, and I, the, the engine's in sideways in that car. And you try to change the. Oh man, just getting to the back by the firewalls. So you've got the. Oh, you got that Sebring or the V6 or the four cylinder. 
V6. Ooh, never mind. I was going to tell it's you. It's a convertible, you know. Yeah. Um, the four-cylinder version, it's kind of like the PT Cruiser and the Neon of the same year, is that you can just unhook the doghouse and just drop the whole yeah. thing out. It's when it, uh, when it came to a point for my Neon, I just kind of like marked the... I just painted bolts and caps so I could keep pulling it out. It was so much easier to do anything on that car, but like, nope, I'm just going to pull it all out and just do everything. It's easier. It's easier. Well, I'm j- I, I, I can't even work on that thing anymore because it's like just trying to change the air conditioner mm. was a pain. You had to take half of the engine apart. I'm like, no. I don't well, that's one cool you thing know, with Jeep is you get two different types of people who buy Jeeps and like work on them. You get this very yeah. autistic guy who will go through like an hour long video showing you every bolt to take the dash <laughs> apart to get the AC out, right? Which is awesome, right? It's like, wow, I'm not doing that. Then you get the other video where this guy go, who's like, this is how you get it out in 10 minutes. And it shows you, you remove the glove box, you take your cutter wheel, and you cut these metal. <laughs> Got the metal framework here. Isn't it great? I mean, it out. I'm like, I've, hmm. well, I've got a Jeep, and I had, to, I'm, you know, I have to work on it from time to time. And it's so amazing to be able to go to YouTube, and there's guys who are making videos like, here's how you take this out, and here's how you work on this on just about any car nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, and these these mechanics have basically made are making extra money doing these on YouTube, and it's it's wonderful because that, every time I need to work on something on a car I'll pull up a YouTube video and it'll show me and I was working on something and I was trying to figure out how to do it and it was just driving me nuts and I couldn't figure it out I was like this is going to take forever I'm going to take this part and I went and looked on YouTube and it was like oh no you just move this over here and you take this over here and pop right to it and I'm like oh well that makes so much more sense <laughs> you know if I would have been at this thing all day working on it it took me you know half an hour to do it after watching the video you know it's incredible or like pouring over at Chilton's manual or sit there uh, have to go to AutoZone and ask somebody, so how do I do this? Well, well, half them guys don't know. I mean, you're lucky if you get the guy who knows what's in Children's or in a, you know, AutoZone or O'Reilly nowadays. Most of them just, what's the part number? I'll go look it up in the back. Yep, they have no right. idea. And Shilton's manuals are great, but if you want to know the proper way of doing things, <laughs> you know, like I was, I was trying to get the spark plugs out on the Jeep that I had. Mm-hmm. And there's this one that you have to, you can't get a regular uh, rack, um, ratchet in there. You have to. It's like, well, if you if you use this ratchet with the bend in the middle, it gets right in there and it's great. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I can go buy a five dollar, ten dollar part, make my life easier. <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't watched the video where they said, oh yeah, you need this part to do this. I'm like, oh, that makes it easier. I'll just do it that way because it's underneath the the header comes out for the exhaust and it's just like you have to go through a hole underneath the header to get to the it's a pain no my jeep is a 4.7 v8 it's, it's the xj it's a 99 jeep grand cherokee yeah i got a 2004 uh, wrangler but i was trying to do this on a 2001 and it was just like and, and the it's basically the same engine the same but yeah to get one of those one of the spark plugs out you have to go th- underneath the manifold with a special tool and it comes right up it's like oh Yep. Okay. Yep. That, so I was trying. I was trying to take. The, and it was. I was funny because I was trying to replace the, the head gaskets, the, hmm. right? um, and, or the manifold gaskets. And it was like, well, I'll just do it because I'm here, right? And it was making a whistling noise. I couldn't figure it out. I put it back together. It's still making a whistling noise. I'm like, why is it the deal? And I took it in, and they said that it had gotten warped. That the actual manifold, had had warped. They had to shave it down to uh, make it to make it fit right. Ah. Uh, so no, it's no amount of me cranking down hard on that thing. Was 
fit right. Oh, speaking of that, good to know. All right, no, you said this. There's warping and had to grind it down, right? I remember mm-hmm. back on remember Speed Channel, and they had to have that horsepower TV about when car shows you to teach you how to do stuff. Horsepower TV took about it did like three like was like like three Saturdays in a row talking about how to port and grind intake manifolds. <laughs> And that's where I learned how to do it. It was like, what? I was like, nope, this is what we're doing. So, like, I went out and bought another intake manifold for my car and a grinding tool and kept watching the shows over and over again to learn how to do it. <laughs> Which was so awesome. what's this about the... Hmm? What was the story about the UFO? This one I had not heard about. Oh, you didn't hear about this? Most people did hear about this, and it, like, freaked me out. I'm like, holy smokes, they're talking about UFOs in the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people are it's, it's Christmas week. They need a break, right? Well, fun. like, and people are like kept seeing this meme everywhere. People are like these. The United States government has basically admitted their UFOs exist, and I'm like, well, they're not technically never denied it either. But the thing is, but they just well, see it as a, a, like a, just an unclassified, un, like doc, um, flying object that was flying around. That's just what they classify. Most most of the UFOs that people saw eighty. Yeah, or stealth. Uh, yeah, stealth. Right. I mean, it's. It's it's all military stuff that they're not telling people about. So they they let people have the idea that it's a UFO because it keeps the heat off of them, and they right. can still do stuff. Right? It's so much easier that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so much easier. Uh, sorry, I got Lacey walking behind me. No, messing with me. Yeah, two Navy airmen and an object that accelerated like nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything <laughs> accelerate like this ever. Ever. Um, the following recounts on an incident in 2004 that advocates of research into UFOs have said is the kind of event worthy of more investigation and that is that was studied by a Pentagon program that investigated UFOs. Experts caution that earthly explanations often exist for such incidents and that not knowing the explanation does not mean that the event has interstellar origins. Commander David uh, Fravor and Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate were on a routine training mission 100 miles out into the Pacific when the radio in each of their F-A-18 F Super Hornets crackled. An operations officer aboard the USS Princeton, a Navy cruiser, wanted to know if they were carrying weapons. What's the difference between a Hornet and a Super Hornet? Because I've always called it F-A-18... Hornets, but never knew of the Texas. Mm-hmm. I always looked that up. But the F A 18s have so many different variations on the stinking planes. <laughs> but, anyways, um, it's, it's, probably the it's probably the engine model or something that makes them go faster. Yeah. Something like that. You know, let's see, they're talking about. Yeah, cool. They got the, the chat on. Hope everyone likes us doing the Twitch. Yes, I, I'll buzz before anyone asks. Yes, I have control of the Facebook page. Yes, I can just Facebook Live this thing. I hate doing things on Facebook because the chat feature on Facebook sucks. So, I love the chat feature on Steam, on on Twitch when I stream. So much easier to read um, because Facebook sucks for live streaming. I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. sucks. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, two CATM9s um, and it wasn't in the military. I have no idea what CATM9s Commander uh, Fravor replied referring to dummy missiles that could could not be fired. Okay, so they only had dummy missiles on them. Why were they carrying dummy... Oh, because we were on a training mission. Training mission. Yeah. Okay, yes, they had it. I was like, what? <laughs> he had not been expecting any hostile exchanges off the coast of San Diego that November afternoon in 2004. 
Commander Fravor, in a recent interview with the New York Times, recalled what happened next. Some of it's captured in a video made public by officials with a Pentagon program that investigated UFOs. We, well, we've got a real-world vector for you, the radio operator said, according to Commander Fravor. For two weeks, the operator said that Princeton had been tracking mysterious aircraft. The objects appeared suddenly at 80,000 feet and then hurled towards the sea, eventually stopping at 20,000 feet, hovering, and then they either dropped out of radar range or shot straight back up. The radio operator instructed Commander Fravor and Commander Slight, who was who has given a similar account to investigate. The two fighter planes headed toward the objects. The Princeton alert alerted them as they as they closed in, but when they arrived at merge plot with the object in naval aviation parlance for being so close that the Princeton could not tell which were the objects and which were fighter jets. Neither Commander Fravor nor Commander Slight could see anything at first. There was nothing on the radars either. Then Commander Fravor looked down to the sea, and it, and it was calm that day, but the waves were breaking over something that was just below the surface. Whatever it was, uh, below the surface, whatever it was, it was big enough to, uh, to cause the sea to churn. Hovering 50 feet above the churn was an aircraft of some kind, uh, whitish, that was around 40, long, uh, 40 feet long, oval-shaped, and the craft was jumping around um, erratically, staying um, over the wave, and disturbance was not moving in any specific direction. Commander Faber said the disturbance looked like a uh, frothy waves and foam, and it was like water was boiling. So... Commander Faber began circular uh, descent to get a closer look. It was uh, uh, as he got near the object, ascending towards him was almost as if we were coming to meet him halfway. He said, and the commander had abandoned his, his, uh, his circular descent and headed straight for the object. But then the object peeled away and accelerated like nothing else I've ever seen. He said in an interview, and he was, uh, he was, he said, pretty weirded out. The two fighter jets then um, conferred with the op- um, the operations officer on the Princeton and were told to head to a rendezvous point 60 miles away called the cat point and they have video of it here I'm going to play that here on the screen let you guys all take a look at this thing real quick alright did I even turn the audio back on this thing yes I did okay cool what if it's an HD probably not these things are never good quality right Alright, let's get this Bigfoot video. <laughs> I think I'm, I don't know what I'm... Okay, okay, alright. Oh, this must be night vision. Okay. I see the kidney bean. It's a kidney bean. Flipping from flear from flear to not. Sucker's moving. Sucker's moving. All 
right. So what do you think that was? <laughs> no idea. It was a spot. Yep. Um, but it could have very well have been aircraft that these people hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. 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 Gundam. Possible yeah, Gundam. Even American. Yep. Yeah, other people are doing planes now these days, so... Time traveler, it's Gundam. Kind of hard to tell from that, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. They were, <laughs> now, when when pilots when pilots start saying they've seen stuff, I, I and a, and astronauts too, I get a little more weight into it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's still it's hard to for me to quantify this stuff because you know what do you see there, right? Mm-hmm. You know what did they see there with their own eyes? For and that you know yeah. In that yeah, we're not, we're not seeing we a very good picture of. Uh, we see a little dot, then we see the dot fly away. It's hard for us to say. Okay, a reasonable speed that it was moving at is right. You know, is that you know, is that what's our knowledge? Of, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really kind of hard to say about that stuff. Correct. It's it's always inter- these things are always interesting. Like my thing is is that with with the quality of cameras we have these days and everything else, and how many cameras are being pointed everywhere. The fact that we haven't seen as as much as we were used to seeing is telling me something about what we were used to seeing, right? What those old sightings were were really stuff that, when you look at with a closer eye or a better camera, is obvious not what people were thinking it was. Considering a lot of people are get, going to have 4K cameras here in a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, except I mean, my webcam. Not... This webcam is uh, 4080p. Thank you. There's a there's a lot of things that I've kind of seen and heard about that kind of makes me go hmm but nothing that makes me go aha right you know what I'm saying like uh, there's a lot of things where I'm saying this is very interesting to know more about it and get some you know more details on but nothing that just said oh yeah that's that's obviously an alien right there you know like the lights the lights uh, in a V shape over you know mm-hmm. uh you know that could very well have been a new bomber plane because they're in a, they're in a V shape these days, right? That could have been something that the military is working on. I I mm-hmm. can see that, but nothing where nothing where oh that's obviously alien. Dreadnought star yeah. destroyer that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's hard to it, it's hard to really say any of that stuff. I I couldn't from that. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. All right. Continue on with the article. Um, they were en route and closing in when the Princeton radioed again. Radar again picked up the strange aircraft. Sir, you won't believe it, the radar said, but that thing is at your cat point. Um, what's a cat point? Yep, anyway, don't know. Uh, we were at least 40 miles away, and in less than a minute, this thing was already at our cat point. Um, Commander Fravor was... Uh, who has since retired from the Navy, said in an interview, by the time their two fighter jets arrived at the rendezvous point, the object had disappeared. The fighter jets returned to Nitmitz, where everyone on the ship had learned of Commander Fravor's encounter and was making fun of him. Commander Fravor's superior did not investigate further, and he went on with his career, deploying to the Persian Gulf to provide air support to ground troops during the Iraq War, but he does remember what he saw, and it was evening, evening to a fellow pilot who asked him what he thought he had seen. I have no, I have no idea what I saw, uh, Commander Fravor replied to the pilot, "It had no plumes, wings, or rotors, and it outran our F-18s." But he, uh, but he added, "I want to fly one." So, when did this happen again? So this is making Two, uh, talk November, about how November two thousand four. Oh, well, yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. I think New York Times is dredging this out because they had space to be honest with you. <laughs> 
how long to the uh, iPhone 4K? Two years after um, every Android phone has 4K. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll probably do fi- and a 5K screen. It'll be an iPhone with a 4K camera and a 5K screen for some reason. Yeah. I still link, I still harken back to the Nokia Windows phone that was the 1070 that was so good and nobody's been able to capture that yet. Yeah, it's... Let's see, cat point... It 20, is 20 it? Mega, 40 megapixels or something like that. Hmm. still have that. It's a really yeah. great camera. I did buy something for my wife for birthday. For Christmas, I'm sorry. It was a... Uh, uh, she has a Moto Play, which has the attachments on it, and there's an attachment to put a camera on the back of it. Like, you... It, hmm. it takes over the camera functionality of the back camera... And it has a nice 10x zoom on it, and it's really good quality, and all these features would come with it. See, that's uh, the Hasselblad makes it, and it's that's a really nice feature. I like that that idea of using attachments on your phone, um, so you can do speakers and stuff like that as an attachment on the back. Hmm. Uh, it's really cool. I like that. I I like those. I like phones like that that are very feature rich that you just add things, different things to. <laughs> I don't like it when mm-hmm. my phone or anything just like tries to be like an everything. You know, like, I was yeah, like, I, just, like, I don't get the see. I don't get the appeal of wanting a camera on like, my phone. You know, I've got like well, I've got a camera. I want to buy an SLR. I want to buy a camera. Put my camera over here. I want to mm-hmm. use this to make calls and text people. You know, well, I mean, I like I like a good quality camera on the phone like that. That makes sense. But for me, I just want a phone that, that, that makes it's a phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's if I want to carry around a, a tablet? I want to use, and I can hook my phone to Wi-Fi and use it, you know, yeah. through Wi-Fi. I'd rather do that, and I have a, an actual tablet. I use my Surface mm-hmm. to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a keyboard, and I have a nice computer, and I don't know. It just it seems to me like we're trying to form fit everything into a camera si- uh, a phone size, and the phones mm-hmm. aren't big enough to do the things that you really want to do real stuff on. Pretty much. Your place game. It's it's a glorified iPad or i i um not iPad but um iPod, right? It's a glorified iPod music player. It has some screen functionality and touch on it. Great. I can play games on it. Awesome. But if I want to really play games, I want to play it on my computer or on my surface. All right. The next thing I would go before we get to the Edward Snowden thing, I wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Snowden has has a new app out. Nope, no. Oh no. Oh no. No. We're, just, we're doing this real quick. I, I I always bring this up to some people, and they never really like like uh, they don't really know what I'm talking about. So now I have control of the clicker right. and the show. So I'm going to force Art everyone Bell. to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> 1997 syndicated talk show host Art Bell. If Alex Jones was proven correct in 2017, Art Bell. 2018. Okay. All right. Frick the from a man claiming to have worked for Area 51. I know, right? This already sounds awesome, right? <laughs> aliens. <laughs> the, the ancient Aliens TV show. Aliens, correct. My wife right. watches Aliens day after day in day out she just loves them yeah. and I sit there and watch them for 15 minutes and I just I can't do it anymore because it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> critical thought processes oh. yeah so this call was a call that came in to um, Art Bell in 97 the guy was claiming to be an Area 51 worker and he wanted to get on air to tell his tale you know it, and um, the band Tool actually used the this audio from this on one of their albums. It was like the end, like you get to the end of the track and it was just cut. Oh, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art? Yes. 
Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Area uh, 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of. Uh, Okay, so this is you know, so this happened in ninety seven. Um this is when I always tell people it's like I like high quality trolls. <laughs> but this this is what we're t- this is what like when I talk about like high quality A rank trolling back in the nineties and stuff like that. This guy now this thing, like, this guy if you believe it or not. People like, don't know how to troll these days. Yeah. yeah, people don't know how to troll these days, but this guy did this, he was saying all this thing, and it just happened also at the same time where Art Bell's station, everything, the power lost, they kicked him off the air, everything shut down, his entire station shut down, so like, if you were listening to the Art Bell show when this was happening, this call just kind of just stopped, and he instantly just started playing some jazz. Air. Yeah, dead air, then jazz, and it was like, freaked you out. You know, so it was like, and, and you know, it was also at the time where a lot of people were still like online. You were listening to Art Bell and doing stuff online, and people were discussing John Teeter, and this happened. It was like, what is going on? You know, but this guy later came out back on his, you know, like onto the Art Bell show, and they always talk about the creepiness of it. Uh, but the guy, uh, he, he calls back into with a different voice into like this. He claims to be uh, uh, like this was a hoax now. Yeah. Now, well, but, you, but you have to decide if you believe this is true. Well, here's the here's the flaw in the whole plan that he's that he stated in that message, right? They're going to wipe out the major populations so that the rest of the S could be easily controlled. Think about that. Mm-hmm. The people who are able to control us now are doing so through 
the major population centers. Mm -hmm. If New York, Chicago, L.A., Houston are all gone, you know, what would the political landscape of this country look like? Hmm. It would be Red Dawn, man. There's no... Be the rest of the country, the people with the gun, leave us alone, would be all that's left. Yeah. The only way they can control all of us now is through the population centers of all the liberal, mm-hmm. where they, all the power of the government, where they're moving everyone to the major these major population centers to control votes. Yeah. Huh? Huh? It's a kind of a flaw in that whole plan. And if these aliens or extra dimensional beings were smart enough, they'd know do it that way. <laughs> that he got the idea wrong, and that's the is the idea to move them all to the. He meant move them all to these safe areas, like as in move out of the the, the cities. Hmm. Who knows? It's, it's silly. It's 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 funny because it's it's a it's a great fear thing that people are, are immediately. But when you logically think about it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah doesn't work right. Because if, if if aliens want to control the 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 world, all they had to do was land, show superior force, mm-hmm. and slave us all. We're not going to be able to stop it. You know what I mean? You don't know that. Please. I have, I, my Rex Kwando is so powerful, <laughs> I would stop them. Okay? Well, and that's, you remember, that's why Japan never attacked the United States. They knew better than to try and try to actually do a land attack on the United States. Because we would have every every living American would have grabbed a gun and fought back because we have guns. Mm-hmm. We have guns, and you know it's. We're not afraid to use them. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, um, I'm going to bring up a meme. I'm going to get memed real hard. Hopefully, there's no trolls listening. But um, the Animorph books, the uh, they were talking about how like uh they they have countless alien invasions and that. They are, and they could have all these different alien races. That could, and people's like, "Well, just go in there and enslave them." It's like, yes, but they have this thing called an M4. <laughs> it's a very crude weapon, <laughs> but it but it kills. It kills very well. <laughs> yeah, ask the Indians about enslavement. I mean, it doesn't take much. You just have to have superior weaponry. That's it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a will to use them. Yep. How do you follow? Um, if you're on um, Twitch, you can make yourself a, a Twitch account, and you click the uh, follow button. It should be on the top, and you click on the follow, and you can become a follower here on Twitch. If you also are an Amazon Prime member, you can also link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. That will allow you to not be able to see the ads, because I'm sure some of the people are getting cuts in because you're not Prime members, and you're getting you know you're getting ads. Which, if you're wondering if I'm making money off those ads, I am not. <laughs> not until you're an affiliate, well, uh, or even a partner. Yeah. Can, yeah, I'm an affiliate. I don't get. Yeah. Now, also, when you do click on a follow, you can click on the notifications option and turn on notifications, so you'll be notified on Twitch when, um, when We Are Libertarians goes live. Correct. Or also be just a member of the Discord channel, and Mr. BC's will uh, tell you. Um, <laughs> when we go, uh, when this thing goes live, which I most of the time go live on this channel on Friday nights when we game, and we usually play games on here, and uh, you don't see fall. Uh, sh- should be up. Yeah, it looks like a heart. It yeah. looks like a heart button. Yeah, 
but most of the time we're on here on Friday nights gaming and talk. Uh, I think one time we was, I was out here with Nice, and we really got autistic one time. It was just me and him in a chat room. <laughs> <laughs> it got bad, very bad. I probably tried not to do that again, but it was so much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, and this is different too because you're you're not well, we're not playing. We're just, yeah. This so yeah. This like is a, com- yeah. Kind this, of in a, a wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is fun to you because I'm not gaming. I'm just talking, I'm just busy doing the thing. So it's like the setup's kind of weird. I have all this stuff on it, and it also feels weird because I'm not gaming. I want a game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Oh yeah, Minecraft up in the background too. And I really think if um, if, if Reinhold didn't jump in, I probably would have just booted up a game and talked while I was gaming. I'll blame it on me. Yep, it's all you. All you. All right, so um, Snowden. Let's see where we got to go. Snowden. Snowden. Run the intercept. <laughs> Love the intercepts. I know. I'm telling you guys, seriously, just read the intercept every day. <laughs> Especially Glenn Greenwald. You're, you're going to get the best news out of him. His his game lately has just been trolling the the Democrats and pointing out all of their hypocrisies. It's that's my favorite thing in the world to do. What what uh, what I like to do is when I hear anything written about the Democratic Party, I like to autistically go through the article and then go on WikiLeaks and then throw that name through the DNC uh, the Hillary Clinton email da- or the DNC email database and just go through it every time they mention somebody or anything. Sometimes you find some cool gems. Yeah. Like that um, whole, all right, like the um, the whole UFO article, right? There's other articles written out where they've got a lot of different names on it, different people who are pointing to different things. Oh, yeah, it's if you love rabbit holes <laughs> and have nothing to do while drinking, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do. Boot up your screens, read an article about the Democratic Party, throw up WikiLeaks and the other one, and just go through that way. I think Ryan Holds was like, what? Yeah, it's fun. Anyways, Edward Snowden's new app uses smartphone to physically guard your laptop. This is another thing like, like Snowden, was, they were coming up with that Faraday cage that you would slide your phone into that would protect it. Um, that's why I like buying phones that you can take the battery out of because you can. Re- I like to having the ability to remove my battery. That's why I only buy phones like that. Um, so if I wanted to stop re- becoming a what are what are your shots? I am am yeah, just drinking um, just Jim Beam honey um, because it's easy. Um, I plan on putting it in. And I uh, I plan on going out Friday night and putting it in my in my flask. So it's nice to put in there and it's cheap because I'm not putting good scotch in a flask. I don't care what anyone says. I don't like good whiskey going in in flask. Good whiskey should go into a glass and then into your mouth. That's it. Notice I didn't add ice. Now you can add, can add some. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a snob or the, even the purist. It says even a small amount of like room temperature water and water does help bring out a lot of the notes in whiskey, certain whiskeys. Anyways, back to the article. Um, like many other journalists, activists, and software developers, I know, 
I carry my laptop everywhere while I'm traveling. It contains notes of information, messaging app, conversations, emails, password, databases, encryption keys, unreleased work, web browsers, logged into various accounts, and so on. My disk is encrypted, but all it takes is to bypass the protection is for an attacker, a malicious hot- hotel housekeeper, or evil maid, <laughs> basically a mobile evil server, uh, for example, just spend a few minutes physically tampering with it without my knowledge. If I come back and continue to use my compromised computer, the attacker could gain access to everything. Edward Snowden and his friends, Edward Snowden and his super friends, have a solution. The NSA whistleblower and a team of collaborators have been working on a new open-source Android app called Haven that you install on a spare smartphone, turning the device into a sort of sentry to watch over your laptop. Haven uses the smartphone's many sensors, microphone, motion detector, light detector, and cameras to monitor the room for changes, and it logs everything it notices. The first public beta, beta version of Haven has officially been released. It is available in the Play Store and on F-Droid, an open-source a- uh, app store. Yes, one thing is you have to understand one of the biggest security flaws on Android is the Google Play Store. That is your biggest hole. <laughs> so is technically is F-Droid, but... Android is a little bit more. It's it's fun because it's you don't have to inherit the flaws of Google. But that's oh, that's a whole can of worms. I don't want to go into that right now. Just just scratch everything I just said. I don't want to go into that right now. Please don't let me do it. Um, Snowden is helping to develop the software through a project he leads at the Freedom of the Press Foundation, which receives funding from the Intercept's parents company. I sit on the uh, FPF board with Snowden. That's the uh, Micah, the uh, guy who Michael Lee who wrote this article, not Harry. I don't trust on the I don't so the uh, the board um, with Snowden and my fa- FPF founder and lent some helping developing and, and and lent some help developing the app including through nine months of testing with the noted I'll be f- uh, forthright about the product's flaws below and I've um, solicited upon input from this article of people not involved the one thing I really wanted to read this uh, this one chapter uh, this not chapter this paragraph right here is that full dis- freaking disclosure <laughs> of his relationship with the person he is writing about uh, and his interest in it and wanting it and being like honest about it not trying to hide that information you know Apple Store is much safer yes it is yes it is it's because it's a sandbox can't do much but it's safe anyways uh, uh, also collaborating on Haven is the Guardians Project a a global collective of mobile security app developers so basically um, you get um here in the... But wanted to keep it safe? I'm going to post the video for... Haven turns any spare Android phone into a safe phone. Notice how that thing had Tor on it? Okay? And Signal? Secure messaging app and uh, secure uh, web browsing right there. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Okay? Haven turns any spare Android phone into a safe room that fits in your pocket. It sounds crazy. So how does it work? Well, when you think about a smartphone today, they've got an incredible amount of surveillance equipment that it's built into them. Typically two cameras, they've got three microphones, they've got barometers, accelerometers, light sensors, always on internet connection. They have the power to understand everything that's going on around them. But what if we could use all of that to do something good in the world, something more than just letting Facebook track everyone that you've ever loved? We designed Haven as a tool for investigative journalists, human rights defenders, and people at risk. By combining the power of these sensors 
with the world's most secure communications technologies, things like Signal and, and Tor, Haven makes it harder to silence citizens, raids, searches, arrests, without getting caught in the act themselves. This creates a kind of herd immunity where before people launch a crackdown, they have to think, will I be witnessed in a way that I can't stop? But you don't have to be saving the world to benefit from Haven. Imagine the thing you want to protect the most. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's practical. Maybe it's not a thing at all. Maybe it's you. Haven does more than watch your back. It gives you peace of mind. That's why we're releasing Haven today as an open source project, as a public beta release of this app. That means you can join us in making the world not just safe, but free by contributing to the project, whether in code or dollars. We're looking for contributors who understand that physical security is as important today as digital, who have an understanding and compassion for the threats faced by users and communities we support. The challenges that Haven has to tackle are pretty cool when you think about this on, on a technical level. We're making constant use of encrypted messaging, onion routing, image processing, uh, audio buffering in interesting ways where you can learn a lot at the same time that you're doing something good. We all have something to protect. Thanks to collaborations of projects like this, thanks to the Guardian Project, the Freedom of Press Foundation, and you, now we can. Get Haven. Get control. So, all right, so that's basically what Haven is. It's a cool app that you put on, on a spare mobile device that uses all its sensors. Now, I like this product for one, two things. Cool, I love the practicality of it to, to watch for physical security of, like, your, like, desktops or laptops or safes and stuff like that. The other thing I like about it, right, one, is that it uses this app and talk to people like, well, like, so if people one will see this and go think like wow this is cool this is awesome and then start thinking to himself this thing has how many sensors this things can see what around me this thing can do what around me yep a lot of apps control a lot of that or have have you know additions to a lot of these things that are going around and that pocket of sensors is in your pocket I just like this well, I was noticing hmm? and I'm back okay. I was noticing on my phone too that uh, if it detects that you're around, mm -hmm. it won't lock by voice, right? So if it hears you talking around it, it won't lock. Mm -hmm. So it's always listening. Yep, it's always listening. It's always listening. Just like uh, just like those Alexa devices, and they also did it backwards compatible. Like they put a lot of the Kindle fires, like the Kindle. I I keep a Kindle in the bathroom because it's easy to read on, and keep a cheap little fifty dollar Kindle in the bathroom because it's like, oh, I'm going to read. I'm going to be in there for a while. You know, it's awesome. Up until the point that I noticed that one time it did an update and it, it's got Alexa on it. And I was like, uh oh, this thing's got to leave the, you know, now I've got stickers over the <laughs> camera and I was and considering like, I'm considering opening it up or moving the microphone on the sucker, you know. Lucky it's got a crappy camera and a crappy microphone on it because it's a cheap little Kindle, you know. Well, and I was in a, I was in a Verizon store the other day picking a present for my wife and she, uh, they were trying to sell me on the, I, 
or the Google Home, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah, they, Google so they're trying to do that where it's always listening to you. Mm-hmm. Pick up, so it's always on, always listening. So all it takes is somebody cracking into that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, CIA, and everybody's listening to what you're saying. Yeah, well, CIA, uh, like a lot of people go like, well, like, well, it's just state agencies. Like, well, yeah, but if a state agency can get in, right, then that means someone wrote a script. They're ba- the CIA and the NSA are bad at leaving their hacks around. People get them, or people find them, right? Because let's say I found out this code, right? I wrote the script to the code. I sold it, right? Some people use it, and some people, and eventually, right? Some script kitty's going to get it. Once the script kitty gets it, they're going to take it, and they can use that, right? Just to rob people. Okay. Now I'm saying I'm I want you to know I'm using the word script kitty just me, trying to mean like someone young using scripts that they didn't write themselves or have no understanding from it, right? Uh, script kitty. A lot of people use it as a derogatory term, but a lot of people in the security community and high end IT people back in the day and their kids and when they were young they were script kitties too. I was a script kitty when I was like 16, 18, okay? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a, becoming a script kitty. Well, no, it's a, nobody writes their own scripts, uh, stuff from scratch anymore. But. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. There's something wrong if you stay there, but it's like that's a lot of people's like starting zone. That's your noob zone, you know? People build up from there. Well, and the worst part is, too, is we already know that caches of... Uh, CIA tools mm-hmm. have been stolen or leaked. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we've already found that stuff out. So it's it's just a matter of time, right? Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. In the chat, yeah, that Snow interview when he was like uh, unsoldering with the microphone. That's why I love device. I don't really like devices. I can't get inside if I want to. You know, I don't like sealed devices. Like that's where it's really hard. Like uh, my wife was like, like. It took me forever to find like a, another Samsung phone for her that you know I can take. Yeah, apart. You can take the battery pack off. Yeah, they can yeah take, you can take the battery off. Oh yeah, the but it seems like the cheaper one, the J line, the J seven line, it's not as good as some of the the S Galaxy line. But at least the J line, you can get everything from the S seven and S eight, yeah. but you can take it apart. You know, you can get access to the screws again. You know, it's. It's what I like. It's what I want to get have access to. You know, just like uh, my right. Nexus Seven Twenty Thirteen Edition um, tablet, I can pop this sucker open and sit there and remove his GSM antenna. Okay, sit there, take it out, toss this. I don't need this. I don't want it. I don't want it. That's another thing when people go like, "Hey, I got this old Android." Uh, the thing is, I also don't like about it, right? Is that to say, use a small Android phone, and let, I would prefer this Haven instead of being an app would be at a complete operating system. Okay, that it is its own operating system. It just does Haven. Okay, now is, can, isn't there hmm? isn't there an OS that does that now? I don't know. I don't know. Like, but it would be great if it was just an operating system, so you didn't have to have all the uh, and then it was told to. You now, granted, it would have to be a software switch to turn off its you know its Wi-Fi or turn off its Bluetooth or stuff like that. Because I feel that most people would use an old you know Samsung device or old device that might have a security flaw, and it might be able to shut down the Haven app. You know, and simple fact if it's let's say like. Because let's say it's an old Android device, right? You can probably mess with it through the GSM antenna, get it to connect, to reconnect, connect, connect, reconnect, to wear down the battery fast enough on the sucker, and now it's dead, and you don't have to worry about your little, like, spy device. You know, unless you, like, plug it in. Well, the other thing I'm going to it is, like, I'm at the point now I'm trying to find security flaws and everything. <laughs> 
and how, or how I would get around it. <laughs> this is how I would get around that. But yeah, but I like the idea of it, and most people don't understand all the sensors that are in the phone. That your phone, if you know, like especially like Acceler- that, yeah, you get the accelerometer. Um, most phones have temperature gauge on it, so like if you ever want to know how cold it is, your phone knows how temp- what the temperature is outside. Well, there's there's an app now where you can put your finger up against it as and it tell your temperature from the. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's how how are you doing that with those sensors? And it's just amazing to me that. People don't realize that that stuff's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I really no, I use, it, I use it for my speedometer. I mean, my speedometer's broken in a in a vehicle. Oh, you just put the phone up there. <laughs> put the phone up there, and it just tells me how fast I'm driving. There's a, a speedometer app. What I liked about it too was the um, what was it the it was some guy at DevCon was talking about. He was able to trace people using the IR signal that's coming off the phone and the different wavelengths that are coming off the phone that apparently that phones from different manufacturers, right? Certain manufacturers um, give off a certain wavelength that's different and that and that's traceable and it's unique to phones. They like can sit there and he's basically like, he was basically like in the talk was talking about he could write a script, you know, like let's say like he worked for a company like Apple, right? And he could write a script so if the phone, so if anything, like so if any... Apple no, Android device got on an elevator, the elevator would just stop working. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember back in back in the days when we first started having. Hmm? Sorry, you cut out. I'm sorry. I must so you used to build models. your own own ROMs mm-hmm. back in back in the the first days of the of the. Uh, uh, Smartphone community, right? So I had a, a, a Windows phone back in the day when Windows was top one, but you would basically cook your own ROM to take out all these different apps that you want and build your own, basically. Uh, it, it's not the OS, but it's the the ROM aspect of it, so you could take in and put out you know, what you wanted. Mm-hmm. They need to get back into that, it, and I think a lot of that's gone away now. I mean, with Android, you're supposed to be able to do that sort of stuff, and I haven't got into that community yet. That seems interesting to me to be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to do it on my phone because it's a company-owned phone and they require mass on it and all this other stupid stuff that, yeah. you know. But for a secondary phone, it would be really neat. Android Pure, non the Google version. If you go out and get the actual open source Google project Android, that there's a lot of stuff people are doing stuff like that. But the Google version of Android, no, nah, no one does that in there anymore. Yeah. Most people don't even root their phones anymore. Nope. But of course, I don't root my phone either because there's a lot of security risk that comes into rooting your phone. There's a lot of things. True. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that um that happens when you do root your phone. When is the next live show? Uh, in the future, I don't know. Um, Spangle usually does that. I was ho- I'm trying to get him on this. Yeah, I'm tr- oh, you're talking about like wall live. I'm thinking like doing like <laughs> wall live. Are you talking about like a wall live? Actual like, live. Yeah, actual live. He wants to hear Dear Leader's voice. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, we will. Because be- he does keep us on track. Yeah. <laughs> does keep us on track. Yeah. Yeah. Another wheel of change. We'll come back in 2018, but like a wall live event, actual go out pu- public. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping um, Dear Leader gets once cooked up for for like the next State of the Union address. I think that one would be fun to do. With everybody sitting around doing the state of the union, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Mm. Do love my bourbon. But you know, that's what I think like um that's 
So, like, that's why I like this whole, like, Snowden thing. Giving people that idea of thinking of, you know, what's that pack, you know, that, that thing of sensors they're walking around with. It's, it's, how can I put it? I just like people considering thinking of that. I am so close, and I really think that this might be my last smartphone. I'm thinking about moving on to going back to the old school Nokia flip phone. Like, I went out and bought a... Can you still get them, though? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yes, you can. A lot of different companies are making one, and LG just made a bad-ass new um, one. Here, let me go look for it. I'm going to... Is my, I'm, my mom I'm searching went for to it. a smartphone. Yeah, my wife, my mom went to a smartphone because she couldn't get yeah. phone on her thing. Anyway. She doesn't even want a smartphone. Okay, then she needs this thing. It's called the LG Exalt LTE. Everyone's wondering, like, why'd you cover up the screen? Because I'm not gonna be like, sorry, I got a card and search it, and you guys see my porn. So sorry. By porn, I mean like my different cool videos. I, I actually, I will show you guys if you guys want to see this stuff. Not porn, but the other things on my thing, like, uh, like my thing. I've got, I just got different things on here, like link without anything, integrity things. Um, my poke button. Remember, I talked about how like all these people that I like poke. I have a button right there. I get it. I get there and get the poke war going. Um, different. I keep having like a lot of get a lot of calls for like this Windows 8 crash thing. So it's an easy fix for me, and I leave it right here. So I just read that script there and I help people fix that. Um, there's another link up here is um, the unknown history of misandry. It's a predatory women in the 26th century and a scam called the. Uh, so it's really really cool um, thing. Um, got it from Hannah Wallen. Um, that's what this links up here. Another thing is because I've been working on my Jeep armless for going and get guns. Um, up here in the corner is just a vast stuff and a vast safe price control and eye guard. So like if I want to turn my eye guard on to make it better for my eyes when I'm staring at the screen for too long. So that's what that stuff is about. About three, down about three to four times the tabs open. You do. <laughs> I try not to do tabs. Now down here. Um, I'm ro- I'm rocking Windows 8 because Windows 8 is awesome. Look at that beauty. Because Windows 8 is badass. Um, Windows 10 is better. No, it's not. Um, so I got my calculator, <laughs> my command prompt, uh, another one, uh, Chrome, Steam, my Snip tool. Great for making memes or capturing things. Um, I got to work on my my hard drives. I accidentally clicked on it. Um, my computer. <laughs> then I've got. We need, my- need to teach you the joys of hmm? OneNote. Need to- OneNote is the best application out there. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Microsoft Office OneNote. Maybe I should. Maybe no. maybe I should start doing a show called Teach Harry. I have very bring their cool <laughs> thing I don't use. Um, Adobe Photoshop CS2. Yeah, I'm still using CS2. Um, Audacity, of course. Theme Phone, which is a great product from uh, Michael W. Dean and um, uh, Derek Slopey. OBS, that's how you, this is how I'm streaming this. I got Dreamweaver down here, uh, news version Dreamweaver. Um, Epic Games Launcher for stupid Fortnite. Discord, um, my 7 Days to Die. Uh, uh, what is it? My 7 Days to Die mod launcher to launch mods for 7 Days to Die. I'm sure you guys want to know. You guys are curious. I know you guys are, but staring at trying to look at my bottom and find out what this thing and going remote. I see putty and audacity there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I need my putty. Anyways, the those. phone I'm talking about is LG Exalt LT from Verizon Wireless. It's a VN22. It's a flip phone, right? 
just like any other like and it's a, and it's a brand new foot phone it just came out it's really really cool it's a hardcore foot phone and the best part about this foot phone it has a 4G LTE hotspot built in so yeah it does text to speech it it it's, <laughs> doesn't do facebook but it will <laughs> kick on to it will turn into a 4G LTE hotspot kick it down and the Facebook with yeah, your tablet yeah get on with your tablet or your um, freaking um, laptop and that's what I have always been looking for and I'm like wow I can't believe they finally freaking built one I, and it's and it's an LG so I think this might be my new phone I'm kind of concerned with all the flash and camera on it I could go without that and um, but the cool thing is very visible and I can easily take out this this single camera up here so you, know, you, get, you can put duct tape over it. Yeah, duct tape over it. And so it's just a flip phone, you know, like, even putting tape over it doesn't matter to me. And I can use it for phones and calls. Now, granted, some people were like, well, what about Signal? Now I can use Signal, you know, as a pure standalone program on my computer. Uh, does it do Tor? No, it does not do Tor, but my phone, my tablet, and everything else I use does use Tor. So I could get on Tor on my phone, on my, um, on my um, laptop. Or my personal favorite, VPN somewhere else and have a Raspberry. I'm not gonna get convoluted. VPN. Um, what I like to do is. Uh, <laughs> all right, you can take a Raspberry Pi and put OpenVPN on it, right? So you can VPN into that and then use it as connection that it's on. Well, if you can get to a place, I'm not gonna tell you where that has nice like Wi-Fi there, and there's and you can find a power source to power this um, Raspberry Pi. I'm not, not sure how you do this. Please get permission too. And you can just leave it there, connect it to the Wi-Fi, power it on, and then you can just open VPN to that and have that thing run Tor somewhere else. <laughs> so you can VPN to that and then use Tor there. Which, to me, gives you that much for protection because they'll have to find that Pi first <laughs> before they find you. The only thing is, they find that pie, they're going to find you. Um, what was the Christian Slater movie where he was doing the pirate radio? Oh, crap. I do not know. I do not know. I thought about doing pirate radio myself, but when you think about it, you know. What was it? It was a wonderful movie. I'll pump up the... Christian God, that was a good movie. Slater. So much good music in that movie. But he was doing that. He was using transmitter in his neighbor's house. <laughs> his neighbors got busted because of the triangulation. Yep. Well, because stupid, um, you know, some people just they. Like the thing is, like that's the thing is, I thought about doing that too for the simple fact that like I'm so close to Fort Bend uh, State Park that you know with the right antenna and the right solar panels, I can kind of hide it in the park. So I just have to wait for shiny shoe people to go through the park. But the other thing is, too, like that, it just takes one couple of uh, uh, ham radio operators to, you know, find it, take it out. Because they, a lot of ham radio operators take out pirate radios and stuff like that for sport. Yeah, ham radio is another thing I always wanted to get into. And I it's easier now. They took Morse code off now. 
Yeah, you used to have to have Morse code in order to get ham license. Yeah, and if you if you really are looking for your ham radio uh, license and you live in well close to Indianapolis, you can go to Club Siberia and um, you do Club Siberia, and they will teach you how to do your uh, which is our local hacker maker space, and you can learn how to get your you can get your ham radios operated license there. So. Club Siberia, I've heard about that. Yep, check of that. I know we had a maker. Yep, thirty third and Post Road. Uh, first Saturday of the month is um, um, open house day. It reminds me. It reminds me back in the day when we used to have computer fairs and people would get together with different. And it just doesn't happen anymore. It's all. Did you just go to the computer fairs in Indianapolis, in Indiana? Oh, I used to run a bulletin board in Indianapolis. Oh man, what if we used to run a bulletin board called Never S Mountain? Okay, I I I wrote. uh, I wrote a door based off of that that I was selling on for other BBSs. It was really, it was a really fun time back in back in the days. You pick up the, the computer shopper, you go to Computers Two Thousand, mm-hmm. which is gone now, unfortunately. And you know, you get the you get the computer shopper little magazine, and it had a page in the back with all the bulletin, all the BBSs in the town. <laughs> and that's how I got into computers and modems. My first modem was a hundred and fifty baud modem for my Commodore sixty four. Oh man, you you're a child of the baud. <laughs> I miss those days because it was it was like you had to we, we put the first hard drive in a computer I don't know if I told the story before but we put, put the first computer uh, hard drive in this computer we had and we had to you know you had to get into the code the BIOS code onto the controller in order to make it be seen by the OS and you, you, you didn't have like you have now with the internet you just go find information we were doing it all you know it was a wild west territory trying to find stuff yeah. It was it was a good time. All right, so this thing I'm yeah, putting up right here is Trell. This is the back end where we keep all the stories and stuff like that. I've cleaned it up so it mm-hmm. looks like the but like this is where we keep our stories to keeping everything organized. That's Trello. That's what we use it for. So that's a little behind the scenes. So a little behind the scenes shot for all you people tuning in here on the on the Twitch. But uh, yeah, I used to. Um, my dad used to like. My dad never really woke me up to go fishing. As a kid, that's not what he did. He did wake me up and took me to computer shows and computer fairs all the time, all through Indiana. That's what I did. So I built my first computer, did everything, was because I would have to spend all morning long at computer shows and computer fairs all day. Yeah, it was a good time. And I didn't, re- I didn't get into it myself because, man, where I was, I was living out in the country, and it just wasn't anybody else involved or interested in computers back in the mid '80s. What book 80s. or YouTube video would you recommend for ham radio license? I don't know. I I am interested in getting my ham radio license. I have not gone and d- done it. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of different cool vi- uh, um, YouTube videos out there for doing it uh, in books. Um, I recommend trying to find get up with your local ham radio operators. Uh, group. A lot of the group, uh, if you can find a ham radio operator around you. They are very enthusiastic to teach and get more hams. Uh, they or they will show you how which what radio to buy to practice to learn and learn proper etiquette. A lot of them will even show you how to be with them and watch them do it because 
you may want to like even see someone get on and see what you can do with a ham to see if there's something even you want to do. Um, granted, it is an amazing piece of tech that, it, for some reason, the FCC has locked down to this point because it's technically, <laughs> it, yeah, it's more powerful than most cell phones, you know. And it was easier, especially at the time when when it was huge back, especially back in the nineties, and where you can like make a basically a, a call or talk to someone in a different country just because you know you, you know you've got a, the correct repeater and this. The, and it's like 2 a.m. and you can get your signal boosted out out that far out there. Just like well, that's how we won the Cold War was ham radio. I mean, admit that, but that's how you know we got information in and out of West Berlin and hmm. you know that that type of thing. That um, it's 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 yes, why the government's locking down on it? They don't want that. They don't did, want people talking about stuff. How did I set up my? Uh, tower at Porkcliffe with no license you get your experimental license from the FCC and that's how you can set it up um, or you just turn it on, turn it off and leave the area <laughs> <laughs> they gotta find you, they gotta find it and they gotta find it. usually if, if you practice correct um, radio practices um, it will take a while for it usually, most people will if you're doing bad in the radio signal frequency someone will find you because you're doing bad but if your cell tower is doing everything it's supposed to be doing you can almost help out every other tower that's around you and so unless you're dropping packets doing something like that but yeah that's that's when it gets bad you know so that too so what was some of the other stories you were talking about which which other ones the alien ones or did we did we get them all? all? The ones you wanted to rant about? Um, I think the only one I didn't rant about because uh, that was the court challenging the um, NSA surveillance in 2017 from the electronic fr- uh, uh, FISA. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the main thing with this thing that was always ticked me off about this was like, you know, if you think a sheet of paper is gonna has stopped them from spying, you're wrong because. Mm. If they can, well, now you've got a whole will. now you've got a whole party who's defending, supporting the intelligence community, intelligence community, right? So they're able to do whatever they want. Right, they get the backing of half the half the country. Correct. Yep. But their status, and that's what they want them to do. That's how you can you know keep government control. You give them more power. And they they got in. They got in the the power that they have because of fear from nine eleven and the and the right. Mm-hmm. Supported it and saying we need this to keep us safe and all sorts of stuff. And now the left keep us safe from the like, Russians, the Ruskies. Yeah, the Ruskies. It's just so strange. Yep. Which is like uh, so basically this whole uh, article just talks about trying to get the NSA from stop spying on the internet, doing stuff like that. But my thing is, you guys actually think they stopped? Now, you may think I'm in a conspiracy theorist because you try to tell they me like a, like a t- sheet of paper had them stop. They did it without, they did it without um, authorization to begin with. That was the whole part with Snowden. Is he, he, you know, Clapper got up in front of Congress and said, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. And Snowden released the information that he was lying. Nothing came of that. So Clapper is still out there doing stuff. He was still the one who convinced everybody that the Russians... Was are the ones hacking the the Democrats and the, they're doing all this nefarious stuff and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's nobody's brought him to task for lying to Congress for that. 
his and his defense was, "Well, I forgot about that program." How do you forget about a program that is so against everything this country stands for, and is so illegal mm-hmm. that oh, I just slipped my mind that we're doing that. What other things that slipped your mind, right? That yeah, you were yeah. basically spying on every single American in the country. All right, so we were on the other screen. We were busy, so I did not notice. We've got some, we also got some new um, followers here on Twitch. Uh, thank you, supports for support for following us on Twitch. Total robust at Toad Toe Boaters are us and Taylor J ninety two. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the follow. Thank you, appreciate it. Ross Ulbricht, right of Serretta, creator that was filed with the SCOTUS. Of uh, the writ, uh, I stopped looking into Ross's case because I got very completely sad in the press at that last appeal. Um, I did not look into that. I will look into that right now, and I put that on my list of things to go over. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, the Ross's stuff really makes me sad. It hits me up to home because, you know, like going through him and talking to Lynn, it's like, wow, that could have been me. That could have been like half my friends or could have been anybody, yeah. Right, you know. Oh, wow. Well, Steve Cubby was kind of the same way, too. Steve Cubby's smoking marijuana to um, keep himself alive, and he ends up getting busted and sent to jail, was killed. He runs the. the he had to go to Canada. Finally, was able to come back to California now, but in Colorado. But no, it seems weird. All right. Ross Holbrook formally submitted a writ, certoria uh, to the Supreme Court of the United States, seeking a hearing for the overturn of decision upheld this year by the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Mr. Ulbricht's double life sentence without the possibility of parole is at stake, which is a ridiculous life sentence for someone running a website. When it comes down to it, that's what he was convicted of, running a website. And that bad things were happening on a, on a website that he was running. So, when are you going to pull in a lot of the WoW guys in? The, the, the Blizzard in? Well, what, There's just so many illegal deals that happen on Blizzard servers. Here on Twitch, uh, YouTube, um, you know, um, um, X-Hamster live cams, okay? Uh, you know, there's bad deals that happen all around. When are you going to pull these people in? Aren't there protections against that? Aren't there protections against people who are in websites and things happen on the website that are the the main purpose of the website? There is, and they do not care. Of course. Because they use the aspect of a fake murder-for-hire case to demonize him, even though that was not brought up in the uh, trial. Um, He wasn't convicted on it, but he was even brought up even during the appeal. I was like, but... Fine then. If you think I did a murder for hire case, let's see your evidence. Uh, I don't need that. But it goes to show you they got the guns, so they make the rules. Um, Ross Ulbricht yep. respectively petitions for a writ. Uh, sir, I'm going to butcher this name again. I'm going to call it Sertoria to review the judgment of the United States Court of Appeal uh, for the Second Circuit case to, re- uh, to read the terse be- uh, beginnings of a landmark plea to literally the last resort for uh, Mr. Ulbricht. The Ritter orders the lower court, which upheld Mr. Albrecht's convention and sentence, to deliver its records so the Supreme Court may review them and decide if further examination is necessary. The SCOTUS is a nine-member body which acts as a final arbitrary in legal matters. Currently, the court has five members, considered more conservative, while four are thought 
to be on the permissive side. Neil Gorsuch, recently appointed by President Trump, is said to be not bad on the Fourth Amendment issues, one of the grounds on which Mr. Ulbricht's appeal is based. Still, and that's the thing, too, is that I, I have no love for our current president um, and even the past president, but it seems to me like the last few justices have actually been very good on its Fourth Amendment stuff. I mean, not like I'd like for it to be, but it seems to be going in the right direction. Yeah, it gives hope. gives hope. Right. So it's like maybe we can counter some of this nonsense with the Supreme Court going forward still. I mean, it's still still a body we can go to, I think, for a lot of things. Not everything, of course, but... Uh, I think it's just ridiculous on the, the fact alone that it's a double life sentence for someone who never who has no victim. There's no victim to any one of his crimes, yet he's serving a double lifetime sentence. And the mm-hmm. millions of bitcoins when he was busted in 2013 are now worth billions. I, it's crazy stuff, man. I've, I've seen stuff like that. Uh over the last 40, 50 years. Yep. And, then, and the thing is, People's still, lives just ruined. They're, they're main, the other reason why they won't let them touch the internet is because there's also bitcoins that are missing that they don't have access to. They have no idea where they are. They know that they're, they're supposed to be on a wallet somewhere, but they don't have access to. So they're, they won't let Ross touch the internet because they are afraid that he ha- will get access to those bitcoins and be able to spend money. So that's a double life sentence without access to the internet. Honestly, honestly, it's almost like that's base. Almost basically, that's cruel and unusual punishment. It's cruel and unusual. Well, what did he do to? What did he do to Schiff? They put him in jail. Yeah. At eighty, eighty some years old, mm-hmm. in a dank cell. He can't have his medicine, and yep, he was in there white because he wrote a couple books about. You know, you don't have to pay your income tax. Yep, and he also didn't pay his theft. Well, but yeah, that's not what he went to jail for. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they busted him for something else. Yeah, they, yeah, they busted him for telling people how to how to do that stuff mm-hmm. or how to get you know yep. that they could get away with it. Yep. And as he was dying, and asked to just be released, right, mm-hmm. so he could die at home with family, which the gov the government has done before, they denied him. Yep. You know. Uh, let's see. Um, there's still a while to go before anything concrete could be known. The SCOTUS is under no obligation to pick up the petition. In fact, of the 7,000 yeah, or so cheap. they receive per year, they hear about 150. And regardless, 0.02% vary. Often the circuit courts are the final word in a great majority of cases. And of the appellate courts, the Second Circuit has comparatively low reversal rate by the SCOTUS. So even if the case is ultimately heard, that that is no guarantee Mr. Ulvik will see relief. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's just the Hail Mary pass because the other option is just wait and but wait to nothing. It's yeah. I think he has a. I think to me, like it's almost like you have a better shot of hoping a libertarian or somebody with a you know libertarian lent becomes president and pardons him. Gets him out. He's gonna get a pardon. Yeah. And they do a lot of pardons, you know. Right, the whole Chelsea Manning thing, that was that was out of left field. I did not expect Obama to do that. And that wasn't even a part of that. Was I kind of did. See, yeah. I didn't. I, kinda, I didn't see it coming. I kinda, I was wanted, but I wanted to see Snowden. I wanted him to release Snowden. I just, 
Uh, right. I think I think a lot of people was talking about how the aspect of let Snowden come home, but like pardon him. It was like, yes, you will come here, you will spend trial, but we will just pardon you. Well, they won't let him come home and spend trial because they know the trial. Yeah, the trial's a farce. So they want to the trial will be a farce. Well, it'll be a very public one though, and I think that's going to bring up the whole conversation that nobody. Wants. Oh yeah. That's why they don't. They don't. They're not that hard up on trying to get him back here because they don't want it to go through that. Right now, the Manning well, thing—that's the other that's military the, court. So that was in secret a lot. Yeah, that was the other thing with the whole uh, Ross Holberg aspect of it. It was the, the idea of um, who? How do they even find the uh, the server in the first place? How do they find it? It was probably a. a Operation by the government, right? The that's FBI, the thing. They do this that's the time where they pretend to be a bad actor, and they get they get people in. Basically, it's a uh, not clue. What am I thinking of? Um, when you entrap somebody, there's entrapment. Yeah, entrapment, or they used you know possibly an NSA tool that they're supposed to be using for terrorists. That they used on Russ. Oh yeah, they don't hardly use that stuff for terrorists. They use it all. Oh yeah, silly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drug bust and stupid stuff like that. You know? Well, the thing is, there's so many laws that you can get hit for that they can go to any judge, any kind of search warrant for just about anything. Right. and most, it's against the, it's the law. Yeah, and most judges don't know tech that much, so they're just going to write it. Like, yeah, sure, yeah, bust them with the super yeah, hacking say, tools. Yeah. yeah, bust them with the hacking tools. But yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy these days. I mean, you... Mm-hmm. You can't rely upon your rights to be defended because nobody's going to defend them. Nobody cares. Oh. You have to. You have to be there for your own rights, and you have to be smart about it. You can't just be stupid. Well, I see my daughter over there in the corner. I think. She I mean, I wish I had to. I think she wants. If to. if I thought I could get away with it, mm-hmm. I would fight all this stuff because I would be. Like, I have the right on my side, and I know the law and everything. But it doesn't matter. They still get you. Yep. They don't care. You could have the government dead to rights. Have have them sit yep. there in the wrong and everything stacked in your side. You could still fail. You could fail hard, lose everything. And even at the end of the day, when they can keep you in jail for the you know, for a month, you could lose your job, won't be able to pay bills, well, they, you lost your house. They can put you, you in jail everything. now and you can't even say that you're that you're under Mm-hmm. You can't even tell anybody it's against the law. How can that be against the law when you're supposed to be getting your rights to attorney, your rights to this, your right to that, free speech? What happened to all that stuff? You should be able to go to the, the, the papers and say, this is what's going on. The people should know. They don't want that. They they block it. Yep. No. Yeah, right. That's why, like, um, it's, like, um, a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, a lot of them makes it very, like, they use that information to basically... To circumvent a lot of that stuff of things. That's why it's really hard to go after people who have access to um, uh, podcasts or just have like a, you know, the YouTube community, the YouTubers and Twitch streamers. A lot of small uh, municipalities aren't used to people who have that type of reach. When you do that, that's why like the city of Keene 
when they were messing with the Keniacs or the you know the people in the Free State Project up there in New Hampshire, they when they were start poking them and doing what like well okay this is what we do this is our method this is how we mess you know this is how we get the college kids in line and they went to do that to these Keniacs and they realized that that won't work. They took they busted one pot smoker and one of them got on you know Twitter and the next thing they know the entire police department was filled with pot smokers. So they just had to let everyone go because they ran out of room to bust pot smokers. So somebody's uh, Toboterus is asking how he needs. How much do I need to donate to Harry's podcast to make it a thing? Um, to make me the thing is, I, you know, I I like pot. Uh, I do love podcasting. I love talking. I love talking like that. And Chris and you don't like the technical aspect behind it. <laughs> I I love that. I love that Chris just does it, and I just show up, puts a microphone in my face. I didn't have to make sure this microphone is best for my voice. I didn't have to do the levels. I didn't have to do the uh, try to get an RSS feed. I don't have to make a Facebook page. I don't have to deal with people <laughs> on Facebook. I can just talk in front of a micro, research topics and talk in front of a microphone. It's like it's it's amazing. Um, and when it comes to it, like a lot of different things, and a lot of time when I bring up topics, I don't really think people. A lot of people don't really care about a lot of things like like, like a lot of the things I brought up here. How I many you guys really like? A lot of these topics are very weird and interior to my heart, and to me, they have a huge libertarian slant to them. But some people don't. They're like, "Well, what's the libertarian message in all this?" I'm like, "That the government is blocking the um, efficient, um, the, the correct efficient energy use." Um, the, well, and here's uh, the thing: government I mean, is like spying if, on your data. The government is. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Oh, let's go. If you're interested in something. Mm-hmm. There's going to be other people interested in it. You may not be the top two percent in the podcast range and get a, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers or anything. Yeah, but you could still be talking to people who agree, who, who think like you do and want to talk about the things that you want to talk about, mm-hmm. and you could build a community there where you can actually enjoy talking to those people more hmm. than you can. See, when I grew up. I, I was into things that nobody else in my school cared about, nobody else in my community cared about. I didn't have the access to finding other like-minded people. Once I found the Internet, once I found, well, before the Internet, the BBSs, once I found that there were other people who thought like I did, it was such a freeing, opening mind space of an event that I realized I can still be me. I don't have to hide who I am. I can find people who think like I do, and I can talk to them. And that made me happy so that may just be all you need right now is just to say hey I, this is what I'm talking about if anybody else wants to, don't listen hmm. put it out there and see you might get a couple thousand followers and that'd be fun you'd be able to uh, be able to communicate with those people and talk about the things you want to talk about in, in a format in a way that you want to hmm. and, then, and then those people will be the same where they'll realize somebody else out there talking about the stuff I want to talk about you're right, and you give hope to those people. Hmm. I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, you remember, I grew up at a time where that was not possible. It was hard. Newsletters and stuff like that was all. Yeah. See, when, yeah, when, I was, when I got on the net in like, the 90s, like 
dude, it was so many other people was on for a while that yeah. that's why like you know I lurk and I can lurk hard because I was just so used to just sitting there and letting like these giants or el- basically elders of the internet in '98, ni- you know '97, just talk <laughs> and just type things. And by the way. Before anyone goes like elders of the internet, yes, there's a thing called the elders of the internet, and the elders of the internet. I was talking about someone the um, last night about this. The elders of the internet are like porn girls, like cam girls, and old hackers and computer guys. That's it. Those are the elders of the internet. You know, a lot of the technology. Um, some people's like, what do you mean? It's like we only really got high speed data and stuff like that because of porn and cam people and sex workers. Because That's how the VCR industry took off, too. Yeah, because, trust yeah, me, VCR we only needed 56K to get on a BBS. We didn't need anything faster. Okay? IRC chat worked fine, and, 56K. And at the time, well, at the time, when you're done, it would take, you'd see it line-by-line group drop. Yep. And it was, it was, EG, it was TGA or EGA grab. Oof, yep. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, <laughs> you know, like, I need a high, high res. Yep. But, that stuff was what kept it, and and I'm for, like I said, I'm from that time. You talk to Adam Curry and those guys, mm-hmm. and the way things were in the day. But it was it was a wild west. It was a fun time, mm-hmm. and it's still. I mean, there's still wild west there. Yeah, you gotta go looking for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because most people use ten percent of the internet. Yes, yes, right. they do. Yeah, yeah. Just there's 10%. so much stuff going on that you have no idea about that's out there. <laughs> it's not on. <laughs> You can't go Google it. Mm-hmm. You can't Google, Google it. it you can't find it, or you can't go search for it. Or that most people, and which gets me is like people will talk about like my computer is so powerful and I do all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you just stay on Facebook all day. What's the point? You know, just like my 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 wife's PC over here in the corner. She's like this massive, you know, sixteen gigs of RAM, eight core machine. She just mostly does Facebook. She'll game with me when I ask her to. Because she can, you know, and but she, it's a, you know, pretty much a Netflix and Facebook machine. She get around, you know, she yeah. get around on a Chromebook basically. If you build it, I they use a will, Roku for all that stuff. Yep. If they build it, they will come. You see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, maybe, um, I I like you guys' response, making me try to give me confidence in that. Um, possibly, I I will give it a shot, maybe. I will promise you guys nothing, but I will try to give it a shot, I try to stream. Um, I like the idea of trying to just stream. I love streaming on Fridays for game, um, doing the games that we do at 11 o'clock at night, P- um, Eastern Time. Yeah, I have found out something that I have stream- I have ranted about time and timing and time so much that I actually had somebody buy me time pieces off my Amazon wish list for Christmas this year. So I got like two time pieces now and I carry around with all the different time zones and time on it. I keep talking about time and I get people to buy me time stuff now which is weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, think you can go back you can, mm-hmm. you can go back and look at the old um, Alta news groups. Yeah. Libertarian. Mm-hmm. I was. I went back and found my posts from the early 2000s. Oh wow. Let's see. That's why I keep changing um, like usernames so no one can find me from like my old posts, my old cringy posts back from the 90s. Uh, I still, I still, I've used the same name. The first, the name I came up, I got the first day I logged on to my. 
Mm. There's a BBS called the TARDIS here in, in Indiana, in Indianapolis. Okay. <clears throat> I logged on. The first thing it did was ask you, Drew, this, the TARDIS symbol and said, what's your username? <laughs> and I didn't have one, so I had to come up with one. Mm. So I had to come up with it. And that's the one I've been using ever since. And it's a, it's basically an homage to uh, Night Court mm. and uh, Dan Fielding, the John Larquette's character. His yeah. real name was Reinhold. And the director and the producer's name, the creator's name was so I I use that I use a different spelling I use the Judge Reinhold spelling yeah <laughs> um, but still it was like I'll just try Reinhold and that's what I use and I just use it ever since and kind of created a fault you know identity from that uh, yes you can watch recordings if I leave the recording up on Twitch it will stay it's odd up. yeah it, yeah you can broadcasting and re and rewatch it um, if I linked I try to get I'm trying to get Spangle to launch to link up his. Prime account to the We Are Libertarians um, Steam um, Twitch account, and then it'll stay up for longer. I have Amazon Prime, and my Prime account's linked it to my personal Twitch account, so I can. The reason I don't link it to this one is because I watch streams and communicate and talk and do other things on other people's streams, and that I, I don't, I don't know if Spangle wants associated with that. Also, watch me going into other rooms, shit posting with that. It's too much pressure. And um, and then I, also that I don't, also don't want other streamers in rooms that I go into that they think that I'm in there to, you know, like steal promote their channel, promote my channel to steal their audience. Even though I don't do any talk shows, it's mostly just games and stuff like that, you know. But even that, like um, I was in one. Um, Streamers' room, and we were t they were talking about like ways to get stream, like uh, get people in the room. I'm like, well, like I mostly get most of my people because to come to podcasts, and they were like, well, what podcasts you listen to? And I'm like, what podcasts you're about? I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything. Don't worry about it. And like, what? Just bring. I'm like, no, it's okay. The guy was like, you know, promote your stuff. It's like, no, I don't want to be accused of that guy who goes in other people's room. Be, you know, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be. And that it's guy. funny because there are those guys out. Right. You know, there are all those people that. Hey, everybody should watch my channel. Yeah, I get people like that. Because I'm mod. Mm -hmm. So I've got. Uh, I'm affiliated on Twitch and I've got. Um, I mod like four other channels. Okay. Uh, on Twitch. So as a mod, I see that stuff all the time and I have to kill it before it starts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's weird to see the things that people do at a, a channel. I look at Brad and go uh, like, I'm affiliated on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I worked hard to get that. <laughs> not partnered, though. That's not going to happen because yeah, yeah. I don't do full time. I almost got this channel affiliated. Um, I just didn't have the follower count. That's the biggest problem because I don't. That's like the killer. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get followers. Which I, mean, I, I can do the stream time. Which I know I can get it if I would like promote it better. Like if I if I put this out on the um, Wheelertarians Facebook page and just jumped it there. I know I could probably get enough people over to get me over the hump. I know it. But you should I'm, do it. Yeah, but you know, a lot of those people on that Facebook page I don't like. <laughs> a lot of those are duty heads. A lot of them are duty heads. You know Thanks for the likes, uh, but they're duty that's, heads. That's what the uh, I don't know, it's the uh the thing that Chris was talking about one day he's starting to put stuff on the Dear Leaders Court because the regular wall Facebook page he gets so much crap from. Everything. Everything. Like he put up the um, those really new commandment things, which is pretty freaking awesome. A lot of people are like, how, how do you feel about it? And like, honestly, I I hate the uh, color and the font, but you know, bef <laughs> besides that, I like it, and it almost feels like everything that we ever did in Wall, but never really wrote down. 
Right. And then he put it to the Facebook page. And then the, oh man, people go like, the golden rule is not libertarian. <laughs> like, oh my god. Good. Oh, he's going into semantics. Uh, uh, what do you mean every individual makes society will change? I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Why? Why? <laughs> people, I don't know. People, I don't understand. Um, the only problem with libertarianism is libertarian. Yeah, libertarians. Like, I get shit, like, like when I was talking, like, I got shit from the SEC comment, like, the net neutrality, like, you're waffling, you're, you're trying to play the fence. I'm like, I'm not playing the fence. This is honestly how I feel. <laughs> there's a there's a great song by Tim Minchin, uh, Fence. You should listen to it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's okay. It's basically saying that this, not everything's black and white, guys. There's a lot of gray out there. You need to understand that. And, so much and, gray. And, and yeah. just deal with it. People people think about things. They don't always think about everything exactly the way you do because we all have different experiences in our lives that can make up who we are. Mm-hmm. So give people some slack to let them think about things. Let them have a different opinion than you do. It's okay. We're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That was That's supposed to be the point of libertarianism is that everybody can be a little spooky, have their own thoughts and feelings, and it doesn't matter because... You're not inflicting that on somebody else. You're not putting your view and forcing it on somebody else. Everybody can be their own person. Yep. Yep. And that's damn, it. guys. <laughs> I know. It's like damn. Oh no. That's <laughs> yeah. hard. I know. I know. Stop trying to make this a unified message, or it's like it's just like ah, oh, it's so frustrating. And then you know, like even when you try to suggest books to people, like someone goes like, well. um, like someone, somebody was like, "So, what's a uh, a good libertarian book?" And I was listing some books out, and I put Starship Troopers in there, and like Starship Troopers, yeah, that's a great, Damn, libi- great. That's a great libertarian book. It's a great libertarian. Robert book. Heinlein is Robert Heinlein is one of the few real libertarian authors. Ran because she's an objectivist. Go read Heinlein. He was a libertarian. See, thank you. You get it. You freaking get it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking Robert, about. I mean, Robert Heinlein's books are oh, so good. And he was showing, it was a great thing about showing what could happen. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like 1984. It was like, this is what could be if we're not watching. Right. You know. Right. We could become a militaristic society. Right. 1984 is the same way. This is what we could and like the, lot against of the-, the natural impulses. And a lot of the different, like the like the, some of like the speeches, like were government and the use of force, right? A lot of like anarchists, like people who use these stunts, like dude, like that's out of Starship Troopers. Most people don't know what you know, like that's out of Starship Troopers. Read the freaking Jeez. book, you know, it's in the flashback when he's having his freaking flat. All right, sorry, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, seriously, Robert, guys, Robert Heinlein yeah. is a libertarian author. You mm-hmm. should all read. Yep. Yep. The, Job uh, is one of the best books ever written. Robert Heinlein. Go read him. You said Job? Can't be a libertarian. Read Job. Robert Heinlein. Oh, Job's so good. Oh, oh man, I'm at that. I'm going to have to get Job. Okay, I'm going to have to get that. I did just All get, these people uh, talking about uh, Ayn Rand, and it's like, guys, stay off Ayn Rand, man. Yeah, stay off that. Seriously. <laughs> What are you doing to yourself? It, That's not how you get people. Because here's the thing. Ayn, Ayn Rand has a lot of things we agree with as a return. Yep. And it, it makes sense. And great. Yep. But there are some things about her that are not great. 
and things that are not libertarian. Mm -hmm. And it's those things that opponents are using to attack. Every time you say Ayn Rand, they roll their eyes and they attack you with that stuff and they ignore you. Yep. Yep. Get off. I brought up something that says, hey, no, Ayn Rand, I mean, Robert Heinlein's the guy who's a libertarian, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody was attacking me because there's some accusation that he was in the kids back in, and it wasn't, and it was all bullshit. Yep. Right, mm -hmm. but they're gonna—they're trying to use that stuff to to discount what the guy says, right? You know, and and it's the same. You start off the podcast with with, or not the podcast, but the the stream with saying that okay, here's here's the source, but I got to be careful. I just because I go to a source doesn't mean I agree with them wholeheartedly. Say that mm -hmm. every source should be it, it. So every website that puts out material mm -hmm. usually have different authors. Some of those authors are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. Some of the articles. That our, our, a guy can write are horrible, but he could write something that's actually insightful and well sourced and a good article too. So you have to look at each individual source, each each individual thing. You can't just go, oh, that's from MSNBC. I'm discounting it. That's from Slate. I'm discounting it. If what they're saying is correct and what they're saying is sourced and, and accurate, there should be no problem with using it. Right. Don't and don't go out and say, "Oh, it's from Slate." I'm not. I'm not even paying attention to it. the most insightful thing there. I mean, it's Slate. They're not going to because they're jerks. But I mean, they have their weekly anti-libertarian article every Saturday mm -hmm. comes out. You should go read them. They're funny. Um, but that doesn't mean that they might write something that you can go, "Hey, you know, that makes something." Or even if it's the, the opposite of what they're meaning to get you to think about, there's still something to value you, that you might be able to gain from it. So. I read I read everything from everything and then I'll look at it and obvious in the beginning that they're doing some funky stuff and trying to propaganda or they're missing something with critical thought that I will ignore it from that point forward. But uh just because the headline's clickbait doesn't mean that's what the article's about. You gotta remember that because that's the way authors are, because they want to get people to read their article, so they're gonna write some headline that's gonna get you to read it. That doesn't mean that's what they're saying in the article. Uh -huh. I see that. I saw that just the other day. Someone wrote an article and somebody was saying, "So, did you read the article? Because that's not what he was saying. The article's headline was to get you to go read it. Mm -hmm. Was it? He was actually saying something completely different than what you took out of the headline. It was that article about uh, libertarians need to be anti anti racist? You know, and it's like he wasn't trying to say that we should be enacting laws that are anti. <laughs> he was just trying to say as the people. Mm -hmm. In our societies, we should be moving for that outside of government, mm -hmm. because that's the only way people are going to embrace what our views are. Is if we're actively showing them that the results of what we do and enact are going to be good for society. Right. I liked. I also, so, I also liked that Key and Peel um, Black Republican sketch. Sorry, I didn't throw you off. Respond to the chat. Key and Peel's Key and Peel were awesome. Yeah, that was. Uh, that, Sorry, I, I hate that they're not on the air anymore. Yeah, yeah. They were so, they were funny and they had no problems with them in their, you know, <laughs> yeah, at all. Because that is that that is funny and uh, I will say when you go to see like usually uh, like a black Republican they do also all have like their they do have that kind of look to them um, and have their um, <laughs> um, their white wife with them that, that's also hilarious you know which reminds me like uh, talking to like some, um, I had a spat on my own Facebook feed uh, with a family member my cousin 
because I was I was, I was very upset when I uh, found this thing from Turning Point USA t- talking bad about um, Thomas Sowell. Um, basically, like um, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, when you want to help people, you tell them the, the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell. They posted a meme underneath. That's how I get paid, spreading lies to poor, uh, to the poor while telling uh, <laughs> rich white people what they wanted to hear. And I'm like, can't knock Uncle Tom Tom, uh, Tom Sowell's hustle. I'm like, you know, can oh, a geez. black man have a different opinion and facts and not be an Uncle Tom? You know, and uh, my cousin decided to jump in. And well, it depends where the opinions are genuine or sincere, or sincere, or held sure. But if they're expressed to pander to white audiences, then no. Then I'm like, you know, well, if you bring up, you know, like technically to me, then then by my point of view, if you pander to white socialists in college, then you're pandering to white people. You're an Uncle Tom. You know, you know, and then it or it's like no, no, no. You're an uncle. You know, it could be an uncle Tom because you're bringing a rich white public. It's oh, so rich white Democrats are different. I just, it's, I hate the the, the term, the phrase Uncle Tom, and it, because to me, anytime someone says something of that, then it's like, so you presume to know their intention. You can read their mind. You know what they're and you know what to think and they know what they're doing. So it's complete. Bull crap phrase. It's just more of you don't. Well, it's, not like, hmm? it's not like Thomas Sowell hasn't been consistent for 30 years, you know, or however long he's been doing this. Right. And, consistent. And, and has came out and talked about uh, socialism and when he was like a hardcore communist leftist socialist person. He talked about that and the mistakes of it. And when you read his books, like if you, you, like a lot of people, well, like when I, when I, when I start talking about, um, um, economics, right? I never took a uh, never took a college economics class. I only took college um, accounting classes. All my economic teaching comes from Thomas Sowell's books. Okay, his basic economic books. Okay, I read that. That's where all that comes from, and that understanding. Um, um, the black rednecks and white and uh, uh, black rednecks and white liberals. Uh, that's that book. I love that book. I think it's found here on my bookshelf over here, but I don't. I have it apparently probably still in underneath my bed because I read it all the time. I love it. I quote from it. I pull. I open it up. I pull things from it. Um, it it's a great book. Another Thomas Sowell book. But I just get upset because a lot of the um, intellectual black men that I listen to get called Uncle Tom or they are get discredited from the black community. So that's... Um, Dr. Ben Carson, when I first heard his st- story back in 96, 97, you know, for being in an in, in public school system, and basically I felt I was surrounded by idiots, and that I would be, either have to conform to the idiocy that I was surrounded by, to d- do anything, right, to just have fun, or, and understand that I won't be able to do anything with my life, because, you know, from the station I was at. Uh, then, like, I and I remember like expressing that to a teacher, and my coach was like, "Here, I gave you know this black coach came up to me and handed me a book on Doctor Ben Carson his, in his entire life, and I read that all weekend long. I read it twice, and I, and I thanked him for that book. I was like, and you know, and I did better. I went from not caring about school because I felt it was boring, belittle, and underneath me to going back at it and and trying better." All from a, yeah. all from hearing Dr. Ben Carson's story, knowing that you know all I have to do is do what I need to do, get to college, and you know get to the real world, and I'll be fine. 
you know it's well and hmm? back back in you know after the civil war when when all the way up to the 50s and 60s. Yep, 1863 you know, to 1950. It was all Republicans. I mean, yep. the, there were black senators who were Republicans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it switched just because, you know, basically Johnson found a way to convince the communities to go with his plan. Because he was going to make it better for them. Hands out, and three he, things. And he even said that he would have them voting... Never crap the next fifty years. Yep, and he ha- and he did. And yeah. he has. Yeah, he has. It worked. Yeah, and they will both wholeheartedly sit there like that. Um, like I was having a conversation with, like, well, like, a lot of to the detriment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the society, of 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 the black community. You know, mm-hmm. that's why like most people, black people who are quote unquote not in the black community, right, are so removed from it because like no, we just it's such a different way of thinking, right? That is not allowed in. Right. You know, like when um, he was trying to tell me about, like, well, a lot of black pastors have a different view on abortion. It's like, yeah, but it, you know, come November, they're going to still pull that, you know, that Democrat lever. You know, no matter what their view on abortion is, they're going to pull that Democrat lever. And the thing is, when you, when, and then they're trying to explain to us, like, most, more black people, if you remove the Democrat and the Republican term, they align. More with libertarians. <laughs> oh yeah. When you shock them, it's like it's like I was talking. To, I can't mention this guy's name because of the job that a guy has, and but he's freaking awesome. He's one of the black people I know that's gone to Africa and trying to convince me to want to go. I still don't. I may go because he, he. I think he might pull me because he um, he sees me you know with the kids and know I need a vacation and you know. Uh, He's one of the few people that pokes and one like, come on, come with me, come, come. <laughs> but so I may end up going to Africa with him. But anyways, he was talking. Uh, was talking with him, and he, and um, he was like, most black people are anarchists. They just don't know what the term is, or have any read any anarchist philosophy books or libertarian. Hmm. The simple fact that they don't want to be told what you know, they right. don't. They've they, had a. They've had a. See, that's the thing is, that most most of them grew up at a time when the government was. Right. Actively holding them down, so they don't trust the government, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of frustrating when you see them just like giving in and, and saying, "Hey, take care of us, take care." Of us. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and this the, is, and the it's ones everything that do, you, you should be standing for. Yeah, and the ones that do get incredible handouts. That's why there's such a divide and low mm-hmm. black turnout to vote because oh, the ones and the ones that don't mm-hmm. get get uh, ostracized by the community. Right, yeah, and get reamed. Like, um, a lot of people are seeing, like, this crime rate going up in Indianapolis right now, and they just can't explain it, and it's in weird different areas that they've never seen before. The reason behind it, because it used to be very localized in Indianapolis because of uh, Section 8 housing, and then where the housing structure goes in Indianapolis. You know, you put, you know, they would, you know, people who didn't know anything the Section 8 housing would be in here. In the Obama era, they put out this different housing thing. It's um, housing share access or something like that. And it's based off of income and how many kids you have. So what you've got is a bunch of people having a lot of kids and moving into, like, nice, expensive, gigantic apartments in nicer areas, right? And they're bringing mm-hmm. the whole area around them because they can afford something else. And But you get a lot of them to pack into some of these larger things. Like, you'll... Uh, uh, let's see, 
still, my grandpa still believed racism was still a thing when he passed away. You know, and that's just from his, you well, know. Racism is still a thing. Yeah, racism is still a thing. Minds do lazy things. The human, the human mind does things more of act on them. Um, but, uh, so you've got, like, let's say, like, Lake Castleton, you've got people with, like, five-plus kids moving to these these apartments with other people, and they get, like, 800 for their for their rent, their high rent, and then they basically get, enough, they get 1400 from the government, so they get all this extra cash for this, so you get other people to compound that to get this huge cash fund scheme up there, and that's why you get all the other people to pull different things. He went to an all-black school, uh... Yeah, he probably saw what he saw, and, and he put his standards to it, and that's what he wanted. You know, it's what it is. It is what it is. You know, it's more if you act on it, and you do something about it. That's the problem with it. Well, because, it was hard. It was hard for I, I won't bust for black people to get into white school. I mean, yeah, they were actively blocking that. Yeah, because the colleges were trying to. Yeah. Well, Democratic, the Democratic. They wanted South. to keep people. They wanted to keep people happy in the college, and if there was enough people there who would have thrown a fit because of that, mm-hmm. they were integrated. They were going to lose people coming there, so they made that decision. It wasn't the right one, I don't think, but it's still, you know, that's still what they did. Right, and um, like, and like a lot of people always talk about the Southern strategy, but the thing I always like to bring up is like, well, when the South became more Republican, it became less racist. Hmm. Lynchings stopped when the South became more Republican. Well, a lot of people mistake that they don't really understand the black strategy. It wasn't really what they think it was. Yeah, that too. It was coinciding with something, other things that were going on. And it's not... There's so it, many different layers. It's, it's a seven-layer bean dip of things that was going on at that time. Yeah. There was, there was an act of trying to kick out. It was... I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole article that... Um, kind of discounted this whole thing. It wasn't um, the, the, the Southern strategy really didn't work the way they wanted it to or thought it was going to. Um, there was just people getting there were there were Republicans getting elected that that had no chance before, right? So they didn't, and so these people were getting in who weren't really they were like the you know not Doug Jones but the um, Roy Moore's of the, you know the world were getting in. And just because they needed people to fill those slots because they were finally getting chances to win elections. And that's how it kind of came to pass. So we had a lot of problems down there in the South with that. But it's it's not, it wasn't really, you know, the active campaign wasn't really what, what people are making it out to be these days. Which is... Everything is also weird because if everyone has basically the access to the Library of Alexander, all this information, all these facts in their hands, mm-hmm. in you know, in their pockets, they can go home and Google all these facts, but they still get, you know, they still run in their echo chambers and don't see facts and they don't want to because it doesn't fit their narrative. Well, I heard this today from a, but there's a, uh, Boston.com is a guy that wrote an article there. There's a, um, some I don't know if he's a professor somewhere or whatever, but trying to make the case that Jingle Bells is racist. Jingle Bells is racist. Yeah, it was. It was originally written to make fun of. Now, I, there's no sourcing for this that's really any legitimate, and still, and and nobody's ever been able to make the case definitively that that's the case. But <laughs> it's just like. 
really you guys are going to going there you know I don't know it just seemed kind of silly to me that they're trying to make that case now it's it's hilarious that's like when they were trying to do baby it's cold outside it's like oh this is part of rape culture you see this rape culture <laughs> well it kind of is you know it's kind of how is it yeah, how is it how is it rape culture getting it's, getting it's, the woman stay but the thing is that's, it's that's supposed romance. to be about the play right the play that was there between the man and the woman where the one's like no I don't really want to and I shouldn't but you know she really does and you're Correct. just doing your hey, come on baby you know Correct. And yeah. that, that was part of it for years and, I mean, come on that rape cult? that's not rape right She's supposed to be That's playing. convincing someone to make a decision. Right. It, it's almost like they're making out, right? The guys who just walk up, hey, show me Bob's vagine, okay? Um, is the most, you know, the most feminist action because he's very upfront with his things. No romance at all. Yeah. Like, show Bob's vagine. No? Okay, I'm out. Yeah. Show me Bob's vagine, bitch lasagna. How many people got that? Oh, I'm wondering how people sat there and like, huh? Uh, what if I could find that song, Bob's show? But, Bob's and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there going back through whole gene, yeah. something in there that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Can't for the life of me think of anything. Yeah, I like, how, how is that racist? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, beauty. Yeah, I, would, I, I, just, I haven't been able. To, I have. To, I look at that. That a song about going to your grandmother's house on a sleigh is somehow making fun of black people. What? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Birth of a Nation, I get. That was completely off the charts wrong. <laughs> but it was still a masterpiece in cinematography. It was just a horrible, horrible, stupid story. Mm-hmm. And pure propaganda. The, KK, the KKK's saving the world from the... <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know how anybody can watch that and not just... Oh my god, that, that horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and the sad part is, it is probably one of the greatest advances in cinematography of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It almost, it's almost to what um, um, Charlie Chaplin was doing with his movie. Mm-hmm. It was at that level, but it was just such a horrible, horrible, horrible story. So bad. Freaking just a big Clayton just triggered me in the wall chat. Freaking Clayton. Mm-hmm. Freaking Clayton. Can't wait till he moves. <laughs> Take what, you're supposed to be moving, aren't you? What are you going to do with wall when you move? I'm probably going to, um, like, uh, uh, remote Phone it in. in. Yeah, remote in, or I like, go out there and, um, co op, um, Roger Paxton, make him leave all this. Uh, Co-opt him. Make him can better. You, can you knock some sense into Roger Paxton? <laughs> I don't know. That's a he is Roger Paxton is what he is, and a lot which uh, I am more scared about. Like is like a, a Spangle. Like I didn't know Spangle ha- could have autism. Okay, but he went on to this huge spectrum about how New Hampshire turns people into this like echo chamber, and they all start sounding the same way. And he, like, hit yeah. me with it for, like, I don't know, it felt like, like, 30 minutes of different things of he was just like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen to you up there, see? And it kept showing me, like, like this is Roger before, Roger after. This just kept going after people moving up there. I'm like, oh, my, stop this. Stop. 
So well, like, and I listened to that first. Our first lines of the not lines of liberty, the, the, yeah, the legal liberty, the one that they all do to get yeah legal liberty. Yeah, and I enjoyed it immensely, except mm-hmm. for every time he spoke. Yeah, he's got a terrible microphone because it's a terrible mic. Well, and that's just and that's just that. It's just that the this it's the he was so against. He, he's he's one of the people who's like we should be taking back the Libertarian Party, making it more pure and this and then. And, Oh, just shut up! <laughs> this is the exact opposite. We've had this fight for forty years. Stop it! Gotta take it back. Make it pure. Purity test and the purity test start up again. Well, I, I keep arguing with with the guy from the Mises Institute. Just or from a what's it the um the Mises Coalition or whatever the, the LPMC. Yeah. I argue with him all the time, and it just frustrates me to no end because it's just, he he's hook, line, and sinker into this thinking, and it's like, dude, you got to understand, not everybody's going to think exactly like you do. Stop it. But he's got that mindset. I mean, you go look at I when I first when I first inter- encountered him and had an art because he came into some Facebook group and said, "We're taking the Libertarian Party back. Come join us." That's you know, when somebody says that, that just sets me off. It's a trigger point. We're taking it back. It's it's ours. It's not your. It's not yours to take back. It's it's ours that we're directing together. It's the one party where we can all have a say. Mm-hmm. So shut up. Um, but then I go. I want to see who this guy is. I go to his Facebook page, and it's all truth or stuff. And it's like, uh, oh my god, take it back from what? This is what you're dealing with. <laughs> you know. You know. Like I said. Like yeah. Take it back from what? It's a party of individual. As long as you come down to the basis point. It's fine, it's fine. Well, and like the thing is, like last time, remember when it was taken back in the in eighty three? Remember bo- that? I was what born, happened? I was, I was born in eighty five, so no. <laughs> so so what happened? Oh no is, no no is... no! Cut this mic! Cut this mic! <laughs> well, no, I cut your mic! No, but it was it was a big deal that oh, so many right. libertarians don't even know oh, about. All right, this is how I mute. Right, server hole mute you. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna. <laughs> It's an important. It's an important part of libertarian history that we that so many people don't have any clue. But you can't even really find see, I, much about it. See, I don't know why the call-in guest is uh, crappy on the live stream. He's like, trying to take over the show <laughs> with his talk about 1983, where uh, again, 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 this, again. You know, I've done long screens about this on Discord. <laughs> trust me, I like left Discord that day. I was like, "What are they doing? <laughs> Stop ruining my Discord!" <laughs> no, it's good. We should know this history. Oh, I got you. I got you. Got you. Gareed, Gareed, what he um, what's his name? It's it's so it's so bad. Hmm. But we, we had fifty state ballot access. We had one percent of the vote almost. Nice. What and, the heck did you do? What did you guys break? And stop breaking things. And, they, and then they wanted to take the party back, and they did. They knocked out a bunch of people from the party who still have never come back. And it, we went down to thirty state ballot access and point two percent of the freaking vote the next election. It just got ugly. Personally, I think the Libertarian Party needs to two different things. Okay. First off, it needs to concentrate its efforts in Nebraska and New Hampshire. Okay? Second steps. Now, as a non-Libertarian Party member, I haven't given the Libertarian Party any member uh, money, um, and this is outside looking in, and this is my opinion of what they should do. Um, 
So, they need to do that. The other thing the Libertarian Party needs to do is to convince um, anarchists that it's funny, right? It's the biggest troll in the world to come back and just vote for the Libertarian Party because it would be the best troll in the world. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what? And they need more more candidates like James Weeks and um, Vermin Supreme. You know. Also, I think yeah, that'll help. I think Build Well did more for the Libertarian Party than a lot of people have in the last ten years. There's so many. I'm sorry. There's so many people. I agree I, with that. I, there's so many people I knew that was turned off on libertarianism that went to into either went into libertarianism because of Build Well for some freaking reason. I I don't understand it, but hey, more power to them. Or people that was like, screw the party, I'm never coming back. Saw Build Well and were like, I'm back. I'm back. Well, they're like, I'm the, back. One of the guys, screw this. One of the guys I've left in this. the purge mm-hmm. in 83 actually was going to spend money. Gary Johnson were candidate. They were actually, the Purple Pack was actually going to put a bunch of money into the campaign. And then they saw what the party was, the party members were doing to Gary Johnson and backed up. I am not pro build weld. I'm also not pro. I'm pro Gary Johnson. The candidate I uh, backed in the LP for president was um, the establishment anarchist candidate Darrell W. Perry. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get my establishment candidate. Okay, okay. Yeah, the establishment. <laughs> it was which was awesome, by the way. When I go to chat rooms, like, hey, we need to go for the establishment candidate here. Also, Gary, no, Darrell W. Perry. Establishment, okay? <laughs> Establishment character. We know exactly what we will get from a Darry W. Perry pr- president, pr- presidential candidate. We yep. know exactly. You will get 10% of the vote, 20% of the or 0.2% of the vote, How? and the attention whatsoever. How dare Just like you? Michael Badneric. How- <laughs> you remember Badneric? <laughs> Terry W. Perry would pull, like, at least upper teens. Not a, not a chance. Upper teens. Not a chance. Uh, it's the same message that he was gonna, pre- and, and nobody bought, nobody cared. Dude, Daryl W. Scary, dude. Austin it didn't matter like who was running. To be honest with you, it didn't matter who ran. Nobody was gonna get more than Gary Johnson did, at all, because it was too close. If it had been a blowout mm-hmm. in the election, uh, I I could have seen ten percent. I think. Easy. I think it's but so many people were so close, and they were like, "I have to, I have to vote against it. I have to do that, I, I, even though I want to vote for these guys. I can't." Yeah, I think um, Austin Peterson would have did uh, would have been terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I agree. Also, think that that would have been awful. You, even though I did, you know, I kind of like some of the stuff he does, but I, you know, he's, he's a troll. He's a he's a troll. He's very young and immature. Um, would he probably? Oh, and he's very fast. He is fast on his feet, and he thinks very, very quickly. And give him that. Now, he granted, needs, he needs some experience. Yeah, granted, he would have been a great like if he would have uh, would humbled himself and decided to be, you know, and and demanded the VP ticket, right? Then went to the Gary mm-hmm. Johnson campaign and went like, "Hey, I'll step down right now from support for you, yeah. and I will go VP." Right? And humbled himself. Mm-hmm. That would have been. That would have been okay because he he I see him he he would have got Donald Trump's goat and got him to respond on Twitter right and got attention that mm-hmm. way, but he would have got destroyed on a public stage. Yeah, outright destroyed. And, and everybody everybody complains about Gary, Gary Johnson, but he is actually a decent. 
person. If you watch his yeah. debates from the from when he won in in uh, New Mexico, he destroyed his opponent. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome to watch yep. to watch those old uh, debates. He was very good at that, and because he he's always like very nice, very. But he's always he also gets those zingers in in mm-hmm. a way that makes him still seem nice, right? Yeah, you know, which Austin would have got destroyed in a debate with Donald Trump would have outright. But the, destroyed. the thing about yeah, the thing about Bill Weld is that he's actually one of the most intelligent people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. The guy is super, super, super smart, mm-hmm. and that's part of his downfall with libertarians is because he will sit and say, "I'm gonna," you know. Let's look at the nuance on this issue, mm-hmm. and people and libertarians don't want to hear that. They want to hear, you know, straight up. This is the way it is. Blah blah blah. Boom. Right. The the three D, you know, chess move of him talking about Hillary. Right. It may have pissed you off, but if you look back at it without anger or the out of it, that actually drew so much attention to him because of the outrage or the just the difference talk of it that made people well, put a camera in his too. face. Everybody's like, you know, she's a great public servant. They don't get it. She, he's saying in that moment, in a by coming, he's coming off nice, but he's saying she's establishment. She is a career politician. She is not good for you know. He's saying all that mm-hmm. in that statement, and nobody's getting it. Everybody's right. like, "No, he was praising her." He was he, he okay? So he's friends with her, and he's known her for years. I get that, but he also said in every single every single interview that her policies would be horrible for the United States. Right. Like, Every yeah, single time. In full context. You also notice how Hillary did also didn't respond, right? If it's supposed to be praise, mm-hmm. why did Hillary respond? Tried to go with like because she knew and everyone else knew around him that that was a diss. And if they went for the fuel content, it was a diss. Yeah. But it, that's but that's hindsight, like and that's out of like that's out of the election year heat and the anger and you know, the people are so polarized. Even you know, here in Wall, we were polarized for it too. I'm not gonna say yeah. we're above that fray either. You know, but it's just stuff you get from looking back at it, going like, "Ah, crap, baskets." You know. Well, he did this interview too, and, he, and this is the other thing. That really, he did this interview with a guy who was uh, way far left interviewer, right? He was, a, he, it was obviously the guy was let's ban all guns, let's ban all guns, mm-hmm. and he's making a point to him that even if you ban all the AK forty sevens or whatever, the problem's not with the AK forty seven. Most of the deaths are due to handguns. You know, and 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 he talked about people turning guns into automatic with the with the thing, and he got some of the terminology wrong, which pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, but they were trying to say that he was pro gun control because of that interview. And if you listen to what he was trying to say mm-hmm. to this interviewer, he was making the point that the guy was wrong that they shouldn't be banning guns, mm-hmm. and he did a good job of it in a hostile interview mm-hmm. of turning that interviewer's mind around, right. And if people would just see that that's what his goal was, mm-hmm. to, to reach out to those to the people who are completely anti-gun and making them go, okay, maybe we shouldn't be, you know, as anti-gun as we are. You know, he brought them to the halfway to the table, basically, in in that interview. Mm-hmm. They would have seen that that's what he was trying to do. They don't give him credit for that. Nuance is dead, my friend. All right, so nobody wants to it hear. It is eleven o'clock. Um, I, uh, my daughter is still up annoying my wife, so uh, she's probably waiting to see me so I can put her to bed. So that means in that bombshell, I'm going to end this show. 
Uh, I'd like to, first off, thanks everyone who came in, gave us a follow. You pushed me way over my follower goal that I was attempting to get. We're at 21 followers. I want to, uh, I think our next goal is to get to 25. Um, so that'll be great. That'll also give them a point to possibly get this channel to be affiliate, but um, I'll probably stream back on here tomorrow night when we play game recording, but most people are still on the road, so like that, so I don't know what game we're going to play tomorrow. Um, probably do Paladins, if not, um, if no one wants to play Paladins, or we'll play Sanctum 2, or whatever anyone else to play, but it comes down to it, I will probably just sit here and play Shadow version if no one wants to play any games with me. Uh, we should do more of this. Um, we should do this do this more often. Uh, could this be a regular thing? Um, I don't know if this would be a regular thing. Um, I, I talked to Spangle about it. Um, um, <laughs> I'll make up four accounts. Don't do that. Do not make... Do not... Do not make accounts and um, follow this thing to get it over to different goals like that um, because Twitch hates that. Um, they... You know, they go after accounts for doing stuff like that because it may look like I directed that or something like that. So don't do that. Um, I do like... I did like this format. Um... I think I might change it a little bit because this felt kind of like a Tuesday or Thursday, like like a lot like um like a news recap mostly. I would like it. I did like the long form aspect, almost like how the old Thursday show was. I would really like to do that on like a Friday night drink stream, like relax for the week. Like we pick a topic on like the Monday on Monday, right, and then invite people on for Friday and just do a long form topic here on Friday. I think that would be awesome. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. I don't know if I'll do this again. Just throwing ideas out there. But if you guys like that, respond back. Get on me. Get on Spangled to push me to do this more often. Um, so that's where that it is. So, Reinhold, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Um, just uh, glad that you you know put up with me being on here. And if uh, you guys want to have me back on and talk, I'll be glad to do that. I love to talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I do enjoy enjoy you. I think it's impressive that a uh, rhino had got internet access and a microphone and gotten online. <laughs> um, so I feel people were like when they give me like their um, um, their um, tags. Sob story. Uh, I don't. Um, no, no, just <laughs> no, no, just their uh, usernames and like. And my real name? Nope, 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 nope. Your real name is your username. That's your real name. Your real name is just the name your parents gave you. Your real name is your is your user tag. Your identity, yeah. Yep, that's who you are. Your chosen that's who, identity. That's how you relate to me. Um, personally, like, um, Wheeler Chancellor back in 2018 for proper episodes on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, Spangle has done a lot with the show. For the, he's been out for almost a fortnight now, and he has been doing a lot of different things behind the scenes. It's really, really cool. Um, even watch his brain work, like, um, in like in Trello and different stuff that he's just sitting there just typing away being alone all this time just working on different things it's really really cool stuff I, and I can't wait for him to share everything with you and bring everything out I can't do anything that but all I can just give you that to try to give you that excitement out there about it um, and like I said keep the excitement up talk to Spangle talk to more people about it and I may keep doing this again um, thank you for watching we Libertarians here on Twitch for this low key secret episode um, of people um, this is for the only the, the 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 those in the know or this Discord. Also, give a shout out to the Discord channel. I'd also give a shout out to the Patreon patrons of Wheel Libertarians. I don't have that list. That Spangle deals with all the Patreon money and then does all that stuff. I don't do that. I'm just a guy who comes in front of the microphones. I don't have any of that list. So I'm not thankful for the people who did follow us. And we went in the chat, participated in the chat, and even out to the lurkers, the people who are out there lurking. I appreciate you lurking. You lurkers are awesome. 
Um, don't let anyone say lurking is stupid. Lurking is awesome. That means you're just listening and absorbing information. Okay? Um, so, once again, thanks for listening to the Libertarians, and um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Bye, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>